Oh, Churro, is that you? Whoa, Brandon. Is this like a time warp or something? I, I thought we were dead. No, uh, I mean, I, I'm old, but I'm not dead yet. I don't know. It's it's weird, you know. At one point, I was, you know, back in my home, and out of nowhere, I thought I, I thought I died. We we didn't do Kingdom Hearts Union for forever, and now I'm in a place that looks like Shibuya. I, I look all realistic now. I don't know what's going on. What year is it? Uh, the the clock on my computer says it's 2022. That means we're old. You're you're old. I'm older. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, yeah. Uh, we are here. We're going to do another Kingdom Hearts U. You could think of this as being a Kingdom Hearts reunion of sorts. So, Churro, let's uh, let's do a proper Kingdom Hearts Union style intro for the folks. everyone, and welcome to the 224th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello, again. We're back. I know. This is uh, a, a blast from uh, the past, circa last year. I guess pr- probably July is probably when we had the final episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. Uh, yep. I, I think it's not a surprise for any of you. You know, it's a... Uh, 20 20th anniversary of kingdom hearts and there was a lot of announcements and we thought yeah it would be nice to do a special this is probably just going to be a one-off but special present for our uh longtime fans of the show we wanted to do this for you obviously just because we stopped doing kingdom hearts union doesn't mean we're not fans of kingdom hearts that we don't keep up with it we keep up with it just like we always did uh but we're just not uh doing the show you know you can find all the reasons why in the final episode but uh it's just ne- life in general yeah <laughs> nevertheless you know we thought this would be a really great special thing that we could do um no promises i'll just say uh up front no promises of this uh happening <laughs> again in the future but no promises that it won't happen again in the future basically so, yeah, just I'm- no promises for anything <laughs> Right, and then not only that, we didn't even expect this to happen at all either. So yeah, it's like, yeah, it was just thrown right in our faces. Exactly. So yeah, this more or less is just spur of the moment. We wanted. There's a lot to talk about, you know, Kingdom Hearts related, and you know, we just feel the urge, and we have the opportunity to do it, and we're going to do it. So uh, yeah, uh, let's let's continue on with the intro in the old style for all the you know lovely people at home. For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union was a part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by or and was presented by the Gaming Union Network. We used to release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we came out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which what well, I mean, it still is, but yeah, it was active, but it was K- at KH Union. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest, like the at KH Union meant less and less over the years anyway, because we didn't actually ever really post the podcast there that much. <laughs> yeah, it's our bad. Whatever. Look, it, it's it, we're creatures of habit. That's why we have it in the intro always, even if we don't actually post it to that Twitter. 
but yeah, anyway, uh, so hopefully you guys are hearing us loud and clear. Uh, this is our, you know, pleasure to be back with you guys. We have a one, uh, actually no, two, we have a two segment show today. I was going to do it as one segment and then decided, yeah, we're going to do it as two segments. We have a two segment show today. First, we have our news segment and then we have our question segment. And I just want to say just a quick thank you to everybody that I randomly messaged out on Twitter kind of last minute and got questions from. Thank you for everyone who, in such short notice, randomly, was were able to send in uh, the questions. They're great. Really appreciate it. Uh, I also just want to real quick, and I'm sure we'll do it again at the end of the show, but I real quick want to thank all of our uh, fans over the years that supported us, uh, especially you know our Patreon supporters, anyone who didn't support us monetarily but supported us in other ways, or even just people that listen to us every now and then. Just want to thank you guys so much for all of that. I know I said it before when the show ended, but I can't state enough how much the Kingdom Hearts Union really uh, impacted my life and pushed me in the direction that I am. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, yeah, I I'm in game development now. I'm a 3D character artist. I don't, I don't know. I just figure I'll say that up front real quick. Yay. Yeah. So working on stuff. Anyway, for the news. All right, Cheryl. This this was huge. Like, especially during those last couple of Kingdom Hearts Union episodes, it was pretty dry. <laughs> like, it was tough. But man, yeah. it feels nice to have a nice, one of those nice classic Kingdom Hearts Union episodes right after a big announcement, and we just are spoiled with this bountiful amount of news. Too much news, actually, you know, well, if you really I think mean, about it. <clears throat> I mean, is it really too much considering how dry Kingdom Hearts news can get? Mm-hmm. I mean, considering we've been doing this for, <laughs> you know, we did podcasting for over 10 years, so yeah. it's like we've had instances where it's like there was nothing to yeah. really report on. Yeah, I guess the only time you can say there's truly too much news is like right before a Kingdom Hearts game comes out and they're in that mode where they're releasing too much. Like, you know, they release the final trailer and it shows stuff from like the ending and this final area that nobody knew about. And, <laughs> you know, not 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 speaking about any particular Kingdom Hearts game, <clears throat> Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> but yeah, I guess those times can be kind of too much news. But now... When it's just literally the announcement, man, doesn't it feel good? It brings you back. So I anyway, mean, consi- yeah. Cons- I was going to say, considering they had a 20th anniversary event, mm-hmm. I mean, for them not to bring any news would be, like, so disappointing. <laughs> yeah. What was this for? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary event, there were three main things announced there. Or, or well, three big things announced there, and one of them being super big. Uh, but yeah, they put out a trailer that everybody could see uh, that contained something from the Dark Road. Uh, yeah, the they had stuff about Dark Road's finale, which will be coming August twenty uh, August twenty twenty two, and then we got an announcement of a brand new game, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, which is effectively like a successor to Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. It kind of takes place in between the finale of Union Cross and the uh, beginning of Dark Road. So this is, uh, uh, that, that was actually surprising to me. I didn't realize that the finale of Union Cross was so far before uh, Dark Road, but that I, I like that. It like really puts it in perspective, like the different eras. Cause uh, yeah, so basically uh, Missing Link takes place mainly in Scala Ad Kylum, but it's a very like 
like I guess it's like an earlier version of Skull at, at Kylum, earlier than what we saw in Dark Road and King Martin. Yeah, it was basically like how it was, you know, like the, the, it was like the early development of like when the Ephemer took over. Yeah, yeah, and rebuilt exactly. it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to have somebody sit me down and, and explain how exactly we went from Daybreak Town to this in between or to this Skull at Kylum to the Skull at Kylum that's in Kingdom Hearts 3 because you know there's that whole part in the boss fight where you go underwater and you see Daybreak Town under like upside down underground or under the water and it's like oh it seems like it got flipped upside down and then they just paved over it and built Skull at Kylum over Daybreak Town but then somewhere Maybe somewhere sandwiched in the middle is this version, the missing link version of Skull Out Kylum. Or maybe it's just somewhere else, because like it seems like Skull Out Kylum goes on forever, so who knows where this missing link version of Skull Out Kylum takes place. But uh yeah, it looks pretty neat. It features 3D action gameplay, and apparently there's some sort of Pokemon Go style like walking elements, like where you actually like walk around in the real world. And like do some exploration. Now I I don't know if we've been shown what that looks like, but if I had to guess, uh, there's a those parts in the trailer where you're in what looks like a town, but like the quality of the 3D geometry is like really basic. Like the the ground is completely flat, and then there's just like these uh very basic buildings sticking out of the ground that have very like flat textures on them. What I think that could be is kind of like in Google Maps where they like auto populate a random building where there's a like an actual building in real life. I think that might might be the real world. <laughs> like like you walk around in the real world and then you can it, the game will auto generate a building where there would be a building in the real world, you know, in, in that place, it, it which is which could explain why the 3D graphics are so simple in that particular area. Like it's literally like, okay, here's a basic shape of a building extrude upward. You know, they guess what the height of the building is up to a certain limit, I guess. And then just, uh, yeah. Fake. It. Also, also with the, the walking around elements, didn't yeah. it, like, didn't Namar comment saying that he doesn't like walking. So it's like, yeah. he made it so that he don't have to walk around. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like that's Pokemon Go. It's, it's optional. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. So yeah, I, I, I I'm going to be interested to see, more about what that is and yeah just generally it seems like it's a you know it's a successor to union cross and dark road um we're not going to spend too much on this but yeah churro what's your overall impressions of missing link uh to quote that cj meme it's just oh man here we go again um so it i mean one thing's for sure about Union Cross, I loved it as a, like a time waster, like if I'm on break at work or I'm like waiting for something, just pop it up and you can do whatever. But it's just that the one thing that irritated people was like the long, drawn out story of it. So my thing for Missing Link is that if they don't, if they don't draw out the story, then I'm interested because it gives me something to do, it gives me more lore within you know, you know, with the upcoming you know, you know, Kingdom Hearts series story. So like I'm all in on it, and plus not only that, it's it's multiplayer, so you can have up to six. You can play with up to six people. Yeah. So that's another thing. Yeah, for me, I'm 
I think it's more interesting on paper than Union Cross. Uh, you know, especially like gameplay wise, that that much is you know, that that was something we always brought up is that like Union Cross is nice and all, and it's like it was kind of like in some ways a decent like entry point for some Kingdom Hearts fans to enter into the series. But the problem with Union Cross's gameplay was it didn't really relate at all to what Kingdom Hearts is actually like to play. Whereas with this one, gameplay wise, it's yeah, very. It, it at least seems, and uh, we'll have to see when we actually get our hands on it. But it seems like it's a lot more similar to typical Kingdom Hearts gameplay than not. So yeah, it, lo- it looks like it could be kind of fun. I'm a little suspicious of what the controls are going to be like. You know, typical smartphone games. But I, I guess like you know, you look at um, you know, kids these days. These kids these days. You know, a lot of them don't have home consoles and what they have is a smartphone and they just sort of make do and they play games like this. You know, for a time, Fortnite was super popular on iOS. I guess it's still, you know, on Android and stuff, but there's a lot of people that just play games like this. And even though it may not exactly appeal to me to play on a touchscreen and, you know, a lot of people like it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they also added like Bluetooth controller support, but I've always been kind of iffy on that because, like, you know, what I have to carry around a Bluetooth controller everywhere. Like, it seems just like such a pain. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, also, I personally feel, and I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear if you feel the same, Churro. I think Missing Link will be maybe not the only one, but I think Missing Link is the chain of memories to Kingdom Hearts Four. If you know what I mean, it, like it's that's it's, what it's gonna be basically. Yeah, it's the in between story that you're gonna be punished for not playing because there's gonna be some stuff that you're not gonna get if you don't play it. It's just like uh, Union Cross. A lot of a lot of people exactly. wrote off Union Cross because it's a mobile game, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now the story connects to you know what we're gonna talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So pretty much that's what i think it is going to be is this is the thing for us to play until they're done with what they just announced kingdom hearts 4 yay let's talk about kingdom hearts 4 so just real quick um a quick breakdown i'm sure all of you saw the trailer and if you haven't what are you doing go watch the trailer but real quick uh this is the beginning of a brand new arc the dark seeker arc is over this is the now we are now entering the era of the Lost Master Arc. And I want to emphasize that this is the Lost Master Arc, as in not Lost Masters, Lost Master. It is singular. So, and we all know, we, yeah. all, we all speculate who that Lost Master is. Exactly. And the Master, Master Ava. <laughs> Master Masters or Master Ava, because yeah, it could be she wasn't around. She True. wasn't around during the, 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 the reunion of the Foretellers. I promise you, Churro, who the Lost Master is will be a debated plot point. <laughs> so we'll see. It, it's just like the box. You know, like, yeah, you remember how the they. Box? It's like we never still find out what's in the box. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, good job, Nomura. Yeah. Churro, I, I'm just going to ask a real quick yes no question. Yes. By the end of the Lost Master arc, which could take several games, will we know? What is in the box by the end of the arc, not the end of Kingdom Hearts 4, by the end of the arc? Yes, no. Yes. Okay. As long as as long as you believe, I can believe too. Well, because like the box has something has to do with the Master of Masters, and considering yes. this is you know the new the new arc is basically of the you know what's the Master of Masters plotting. 
Yeah. You know, we learned a little bit of it in, at the end of Union Cross. Yeah, a little bit. So now we're we're basically seeing what it's going to entail, and the box is a key point to that. So, yeah. I mean, in Kingdom Hearts 3, it was just mainly just setting up the importance of the box. Yes. Even though it, nothing really showed of it, you know, but now we, we finally get to see what's going to be so special about this box. Yeah. So moving on from there, uh, so the trailer is set in Quadratum. You know, we you know learned about Quadratum. Well, we learned Quadratum's name from Melody of Memory, but we first saw it in the secret movies uh, from Kingdom Hearts 3 and uh, Kingdom Hearts Remind, respectively. You even had the boss fight uh, with Yozora on top of the uh, 104 building. And uh, yeah, the, so yeah, uh, it clearly is set there. It stars Sora and features Strelitzia, of all people. She's alive, apparently, at least in this world. And uh, yeah, it uses a very realistic style. Sora is uh, yeah quite realistic looking. So is Strelitzia, and so are all the NPCs in the world and the cars and everything about it. Uh, and just as before, yeah, Quadratum looks like uh, looks like Tokyo, and it yeah looks gorgeous. And uh, yeah, just real quick, Chura, what are your overall reactions, like gut reactions to the trailer? What did you feel when you saw it? I. I was very impressed at the, you know, the lifelike quality it's, it was showing us. Like, yeah. you know, this is like, it's like that old Simpsons, like, uh, Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer, like, is in the 3D space. You oh, know, yeah, you've never yeah, seen yeah. that before. <laughs> and then he ends up going to the real world and he's <laughs> he's walking around and all these, like, you know, actual people are looking at him like, whoa, what's that? And it's like, now you see this. It's like, now you see Sora amongst, like, you know, human, you know, lifelike people. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. It's like, wow, you know, they really did a good job on this because, like, if you go back to Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, Pirates was that test. Yeah. So, you know, now now we get to see more of that, you know, Sora's now just, you know, he went from, like, he's like Pinocchio. He went, he went from, like, cartoony to a, <laughs> real, a boy. real boy. Yeah, he's a real boy now. <laughs> I'm just so. going to say, yeah, we, we've come a long way from Kingdom Hearts 2 Pirates of the Caribbean, where Sora was just Sora like normal in the Pirates of the Caribbean world, and he really stood out compared to all the other like real people. And yeah, like you mentioned, like it, it, you know, it's been it's been building up to this. Because, you know, back in Kingdom Hearts 2, we had our first tastes of live action movies and what those could be like. And they did a really great job for the time. And then in Kingdom Hearts 3, they pushed it even further with, yeah, like you said, the Pirates of the Caribbean world. And now, like, wow, it's just they're they're going all in and Sora looks, yeah, so realistic. By the way, how do you feel about Sora's look? Because I know for a lot of people it was like, I, I think, well, I think for everybody it was shocking, but I think also to some people it's divisive. Do you like the new look for Sora? Yeah, I like his, I mean, there's one thing I enjoyed about Sora is his clothing. His clothing is always yeah. looking good. He's, his so, like, drip is amazing. And and not only that, like Nomura does such a good job of understanding how the style is like in you know Japan, you know. So like he understands. And plus, uh, not only that, it's just that a combination of that and his own personal, you know, likes in clothing, fashion, and all that. So it's like we get to see a bit of Nomura with you know Sora's clothing. And but the the one thing that people are freaking out about the most is just shoes. Yeah, he doesn't the have he doesn't <laughs> the have his clown shoes. shoes anymore. So. But and then his hair too. His hair is like yeah. spiky down. It's like it's like losing its spike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Overall, a lot, a lot more realistic. I'll I'll just say for me, 
I love this new direction, everything from the world, but especially the characters. And I'll just say, you know, I'm going to geek out a little bit, but coming from me now being a professional 3D character artist, like this is the kind of stuff I do now. And I love this. It looks very Final Fantasy, especially Sora and his hair is like, when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, he looks like Cloud. Like he looks like Cloud from 7 Remake. Like looks his hair, the way they made it looks awesome. Looks just like it. Um, overall, I, I love the the direction they're going in, um, and I'll, I'll just say this is that keep an eye on Sora over the years because I think for some people that might be off put by this, Sora and all the characters, and not just the characters, but just everything that you see, this is just the first pass at you know public stuff of this game. This game will continue to keep getting better and looking better. They're going to keep polishing and they're going to keep working on it. Uh, you know, I'm super impressed that this is the level they've reached so far. But I also know and and now have a much greater appreciation now being on the uh, inside of game development and seeing what it's actually like. You know, I I know without a shadow of a doubt, it's only going to get better as things go on. So, you know, for the people that like it, good news, it's only going to get better from here. And for the people that don't like it, you know, just give it the benefit of a doubt and it's only going to improve. And I'll, yeah, it's it's only it's only that's why they call it a reveal trailer, because it's only basically showing you what it, the possibilities are. It's not like the final. And it says right in the beginning of the trailer, it says development, you know, subject to change. So, yeah, I mean, concerning what we saw with Kingdom Hearts 3 when it first got revealed at E3. You know, then then you look at it at the final product, this, you know, scene by scene, you see how much totally different it was in that six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it'll be like as big of a change from like 2013 Kingdom Hearts to 2019 Kingdom Hearts 3. But, you know, I'll, I'll just point people, look at the 2015 trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, the E3 2015 trailer. Look at what Sora used to look like then. And then look at the final version and see the massive leap in quality. And it wasn't that like in 2015, like the Kingdom Hearts team didn't know what they were doing or, you know, they, they just got better over time. Like, I'm sure that, you know, obviously artists get better over time, but that wasn't what it was. It's literally just the time they put into it is, you know, they, they work really hard for the trailer get it as high quality as they can in the limited time that they have available. And then after this, they're just going to keep working on it and they're going to keep improving. So yeah, I'll, I'll just say it'll only get better from here. Um, and yeah, just overall my impressions. I love this. I'm super hyped for it. Everything about it. I'm all in 100%. You know, uh, I, I, I'm speechless. It's so amazing. Like uh, back back in 2019, when I initially saw the uh, the secret movie that showed off, you know, the first hints of what this game could be like, um, you know, I was super excited, surprised. That's the other big word is surprise. Even though I knew this was, you know, more or less what it was going to be like, you know, there the fact that they doubled down even further you know, changing the design of Sora and Strelitzia and how they do characters, at least in this world of Quadratum. You know, the fact that they're going so hard on it, like, I love it. Like, because when I, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, uh, the, uh, the secret movies for Kingdom Hearts 3, it's like, I love what they're going for. And I love this direction. It's bold. It's surprising. It's new. And now that I see this, they're like going even harder on it. And like, oh yeah, so excited. 
So, yeah, uh, I think needless to say, I have a very positive impression of Kingdom Hearts 4 so far. Um, so, uh, I guess, yeah, I, I'll just ask real quick, uh, more, uh, about the trailer, a little bit more specifically. Uh, so Churro, within the trailer, what is your favorite part from the trailer? What was your favorite like thing that you saw in it? Oh man. Yeah. I know you had asked that question. Uh, cause there's so much there, there is, there is, I mean, there's a lot for that small trailer. Yeah. Uh, right. Because it, it, it's hard because it's like you have the, the graphical beauty of like, you know, of like Japan. Then you have that, that, uh, what's it called? That forest area, you know, that shows how amazing that looks. Then you have the gameplay elements. Then you have Sora, you have Shretlitzia. So, like, I would have to say, like, I think my very part would be, like, the gameplay of how, like, almost kind of, like, the transition from, like, cutscene to gameplay is, like, so, you know, there's very little, you know, you know, time to load into that. So it's basically, it's just like almost, the transition almost seems seamless to go from exactly. like cutscene into so, gameplay. I saw a lot of people uh, like bringing up uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which which does that sort of thing a lot. And I, I feel like I, I agree with that, but I also feel like this is like even like a further evolution of that because it's like really seamless and it goes from cutscene to like really dynamic action. And it, it's like almost like it doesn't, skip a beat like the gameplay still looks like a cutscene as you're playing it it's so cool and especially with the you know Sora being able to still float motion flow here and there and um the way he would like he kind of climbs up on the different like railings and stuff kind of almost reminds me of like how like spider-man would would do it you know that was then extending his keychain from his kingdom key to do like to grab on the things it's almost like, it reminds me so much of like spider-man yeah yeah that grapple hook yeah, is super spider-man yeah, I, I will just say, like, uh, something I really liked about the gameplay animation, well, was the animation. Something I really like about the gameplay was the animation, is that it's not just the graphics that have been more, made more realistic, but even the way Sora moves is a more realistic take. Like, he's really putting his whole body into it. Like, if you really take your time and, like, watch how he moves, especially, I even saw there was, like, some people uh, putting, like, side-by-side footage comparing Kingdom Hearts 3 to Kingdom Hearts 4 in the style of the animation. It's so different, but it still feels like Sora. Like, it's not 100% realistic. Like, we're not seeing, you know, Cloud or even Noctis in what he's doing. Like, it still feels like Sora. It's still snappy. It still has, like, kind of an animation, like, hand-drawn Disney animation quality to it. But it's very realistic feeling. Like, everything about it is so cool. But it also, like, looks so snappy. Like, that just, yeah, blows my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we could gush about it for, for days. Obviously, the Donald and Goofy stuff at the end was crazy. You know, the whole... Uh, hinting of Hades being a thing, um, and plus I like the fact that the uh, how we went from realistic perspective back to the Disney yes, look. Exactly, I love that. I will point out though, real quick, and this is just a technical note: is that even though we did go back to a, uh, I won't say the Disney style or the Kingdom Hearts style, we went back to a Disney style. I want to point out that the style of rendering that Donald and Goofy have is not the same as what they were doing in Kingdom Hearts 3. In Kingdom Hearts 3, they were trying to sort of like for, for a, 
well, not just a long time, you know, for Kingdom Hearts 3, they went for that quote-unquote kingdom shader look where their skin was, you know, a little bit plasticky. Like, they were they were trying to get the, you know, some kind of an impression of what the old PS2 games graphics were like. They didn't want to go full realistic. They didn't want to go full stylized. They went for something kind of in the middle. With Kingdom Hearts 4, even the Donald and Goofy stuff, it's actually going 100% the realistic route. And I, I know it's a little, it, it may be a little hard to uh, take in. Like, what? Donald and Goofy? They don't look realistic. They don't look any different. Yeah, their models don't, but the rendering paradigm that they are using is a paradigm known as physically based rendering. And unlike in Kingdom Hearts, uh, in, unlike in Kingdom Hearts 3, where they had this custom Kingdom Shader style look. In Kingdom Hearts 4, they're using the proper physically based rendering style, which is actually a lot closer to a CGI like a Disney movie in in the style of rendering. Kingdom Hearts 3 had more of a custom thing. They were kind of doing their own thing. That's why if you look at, um, you know, in the Toy Story world or uh, you see it a lot in Tangled, actually, the Tangled world, the way the skin looks in certain scenes and like you look at Rapunzel, like yeah, it looks close to the movie, but in some respects, it's kind of plasticky still. In this rendition, and you know, this might still change, but in this rendition of Donald and Goofy, it's a lot more in line with actual proper physically based rendering. So yeah, that to me, I don't know, as, as someone who does this all the time, like that really stuck out to me. So that that was really surprising. I guess also since I know we don't have this in the uh, later in the document, I do want to talk about real quick Churro the forest scene because a lot of you sleuths out there are pointing out that there is this metal looking thing in one of the shots that looks like the foot of an ATST, as in one of the chicken walkers from Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, and that the trees in that area look a lot like California redwood trees, which is, you know, that's what the basis for Endor was in Return of the Jedi. So, Churro, do you feel this is a hint that this is a Star Wars world? Considering, yeah, because one, the biggest thing was... um, the exclusivity contract with EA has expired for I think, yeah. a year or two now. Yep. So basically now any company can create a Star Wars game as long as they have the proper license for it. Yep. And Which when, if any if any game can get licenses, it's Kingdom Hearts. Yes, and that's a big heavy one that people have been wanting since the acquisition of, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um an interesting thing that when uh, when Namara was asked about Kingdom Hearts 4, uh, when the team sent Namara, it says when the team sent Namara the video of the forest, he thought, "Why are you sending me live action footage?" Oh yeah. So it's kind of like, huh? Is he hinting of what exactly that is? Does, <laughs> like, like so. What was the was the development team just like showing him the possibilities of what they can do, like engine wise? Yeah. Know, like with this, it's like you know, because because remember at this at the end of the day, they you know. Uh, according to Namara before, they always like work on stuff like this before they present it to Disney just to show them that they can accomplish this. Yeah. So to me, since this is all a concept, you know, like I think that this is like them just saying, hey, 
if there was a possibility of maybe Star Wars, like this is what what it could look like in a you know in real time the, the engine or whatever uh, the proper term is. So I'm hyped for it if it is the case. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I I'm still you know Kingdom Hearts fan at heart. Always kind of suspicious of everything, and you know I'll I'll wait to you know for it to be officially announced. But if you ask me, do I think it is? man i really it really does seem like it doesn't it because like it does i'm trying to think like what else could it be and that's the only thing i can think it could be and man that foot really does look like an atst foot and man those trees really look like you know california redwood trees so yeah i'm kind of i'm definitely leaning in that direction so i'm gonna ask you a slightly different question because when i first saw somebody mentioning the ATST foot. I'm going to be honest, my first reaction was not exactly positive. I was actually a little sad. Really? Can you, can you guess why I might be sad that it was a forest and ATST foot? Could you guess? I'll tell you if you can. Uh, if you can't, it's okay. Well, considering it's you, Brandon, and you yes. have a, a multiverse of different answers, I <laughs> really don't know which to go with. So it could be a technical thing. It could be a graphical okay, thing. Okay, it's not a technical thing. It is a fan thing. A fan thing? Uh, Unfortunately, you're going to have to tell me. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. So the reason I was a little sad, but obviously just as hype as everybody else, like the potential of Star Wars being in is amazing. The only thing that makes me slightly sad about it is that it's Return of the Jedi, and I love Return of the Jedi, but I always kind of held out hope that the first thing would be A New Hope so that we could mm-hmm. get the whole original trilogy. But if they're going the Return of the Jedi route, it's kind of like, you know, this is going to be a one-time thing only... We're going to do Return of the Jedi, and that's it. That's, that's you know, you guys have been asking for Star Wars. We'll do Star Wars, but this is it. Like, that's kind of what it feels like. Like, of course, yeah, they could do kind of a, you know, forward, backward thing. Like, you know, if you think back to uh, Kingdom Hearts with uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and Birth by Sleep, they did Hercules, but then in Birth by Sleep, they also did, like, Hercules as a young kid. So it's not impossible that they could still do A New Hope someday. But uh, what about the possibility of being like Kingdom Hearts 3, where it's like you got their own story within that story? Yeah, that's another possibility. I I kind of just feel like if they're going to do Star Wars at all, like, I I don't know. Some, something tells me that they're just going to go for it and do a recap, movie recap world. Just because A New Hope, or, or not A New Hope, Return of the Jedi is super action-packed. Like, I could clearly see tons of action scenes that they could adapt into gameplay for this like return of the jedi unquestionably would make a perfect video game world especially kingdom hearts and like you know just look at star wars history you know in gaming like it's very clear you could do that that's not a problem you know things like the speeder bike chase there's all kinds of different sword based battles with lightsabers like there's a ton of stuff that could be done so yeah yeah i'm excited but, you know, just a little bit like, uh, you know, I really like A New Hope. A New Hope is one of my favorite movies as well as Return of the Jedi. So it would have been nice. And especially like, like it would be nice to get the full original trilogy. But I can understand, I'm sure, getting Star Wars in Kingdom Hearts, much like with uh, Toy Story, 
was not an easy get. So, you know, if, if this is all they can do, I'll take it. But yeah, I kind of wish A New Hope would have been in there. Um, so yeah, moving on from there, we do have a couple other like news oriented, uh, points here. So, uh, in some of the comments that Nomura has done, uh, he's mentioned that, uh, there were actually two options of where to go next with regards to what game they were going to make. And the two options that he put out there were Kingdom Hearts 4 or Verum Rex, which is nuts. And I, I just want to make very clear that when he said this in this quote, he, he specifically said that he wasn't sure which game to make. So this is not like, oh, uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts 4, you know, we, we weren't sure what to call this game. That's not what they meant. What they actually meant is they weren't sure which game to make. And, you know, this this comes directly from a very reliable source. This is Ibo on Twitter. You know, she's been in the game forever. You know, that's exactly what she said. And yeah, yeah, I, I just saw a lot of like, uh, like misunderstanding, uh, especially like surrounding the event. Like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 4 is literally Verum Rex. They're just calling it Kingdom Hearts 4. No, Verum Rex is a separate story that they might make later. And to go even further down that point, according to Famitsu, Tayasui even clarified further that, uh, you know, it would be difficult to produce two separate titles at the same time. So they ended up giving priority to Kingdom Hearts 4. And that this means that Verum Rex game still has a possibility if there's, you know, an opportunity for it. Uh, and basically, uh, yeah, uh, going back to Nomura's comment, he basically said that the reason he decided to give priority to Kingdom Hearts 4 first is that fans would uh, very likely really be wondering what happened to Sora, you know? So it makes sense. But uh, yeah, just to be very clear, Kingdom Hearts 4 is not Verum Rex. If Verum Rex gets turned into a video game, it will be a separate thing, a separate video game. And it's unclear whether or not it's, how, how much it is tied to uh, Kingdom Hearts. All we know is that currently Kingdom Hearts 4 will feature Quadratum, which is where Yulzora is from. But yeah, we don't really know much other than, yeah, Verum Rex is a separate thing. So just wanted to get that out of the way. And uh, yeah, so some last parting questions for, you, for us, Turo. Uh, what are your hopes for Kingdom Hearts 4 overall? You got any things that you're you're hoping will happen in Kingdom Hearts 4? Well, hopefully we get to see more about um, the Master of Masters and his plan for darkness, because that was a long time thing for Union Cross. And I just want to see how Sora ties into all this, because you know how Sora plays the role of the ordinary dull boy, as Zaynor called him, you know? So it's like, how does he keep getting roped in all this? So, like... I would argue that now he's not so ordinary because, yeah. you know, especially given how he got into the situation that he got, it's kind of like, you know, it's interesting if you really think about it, because like the reason he's here is honestly kind of for a selfish reason. You know, Kyrie got uh, killed basically by Xehanort and selfishly Sora decided he's going to use the, the power of waking even more, even though he was warned you know, that that's not a toy. He shouldn't be, like, using that power like it's nothing. And he's constantly, uh, several times during that final segment, he's changing fate. You know, he you know him and his whole team were fated to die. Like, they showed up in the Keyblade graveyard 
you know, Terranort shows up, rocks everybody. The Heartless Tornado comes and just kills everybody, basically. And that was like that was like basically like the worst like you know thing they can actually go into like like they yeah. had like no plan they were no plan they just showed up and they just showed up and just died and so I'm like looking at the, I like whenever yeah. whenever I replay Kingdom Hearts three I'm just like man did they, they ever like they got come up with hard. anything like did they come up with anything just like you know of course you have Ven you know thinking that it's Terra and then you know, yeah. you know but it's Terra Zaynor you know tricking them thinking that it's him but it's like man they really went into this with no plan at all <laughs> yeah it, like literally their plan only extended as far as them getting there after that they didn't know what to do so yeah that that was pretty uh pretty rough so yeah if you really think about it like sora you know throughout that whole thing was acting very selfishly and you know he's almost like uh yeah he's defying fate and using uh, a really powerful but dangerous you know form of magic i guess to that's another ch- thing change how fate was supposed to go that's another thing i want to have explained to me in kingdom Hearts for exactly what the power of waking is yeah and why you shouldn't be abused because like they they they, they warn him throughout the whole game like like they because uh yen sid kept asking him oh have you learned it yet have you learned it yet and then it's like no no that all of a sudden he learned it but then he abuses it it's like we see what like the result of him abusing it comes down to but it's like it's not really explained to us yeah the player like what exactly re- results in happening so hopefully they just let us you know, like tell us exactly why it shouldn't be abused okay you plot, know, like, like plot twist yen sid is the master of masters the whole time and that's why he was pushing sora so hard to go learn the power of waking because if yeah if you really think about it that way it's like you know well if you think about it with yen sid just being yen sid why was he pushing Sora so hard to learn the power of waking? Did he not know that it was like this really terrible power that has really awful consequences? Was it? Wasn't it? Wasn't he? It used. Didn't he want him to, to learn it to wake up? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's a purpose. Yeah, for waking up Ven. But it's like, yeah, you could have gave gave us the terms and conditions. G- give us the disclaimer. The, the instruction <laughs> manual or something. <laughs> you know, if the power of waking lasted longer than four hours, please consult your doctor. You know, something. Like, come on. So, yeah, that's... there. There, Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, Churro. We need to learn a lot more about the power of waking at the very at the very least we do know it's still a thing because literally at the end of uh, melody of memory riku uses it so he can go to quadratum so so yeah yeah, so hopefully it's just not something that that kind of like the black box it's kind of like yeah it's there but we don't know much about it and then all of a sudden it skips over it it's like no it's like i want to know what exactly the power waking is you know and why it shouldn't be abused and why why this and why that and it's like okay we just need i just want a proper explanation yeah like canon wise lore wise it's why it's there (laughs) why was you know like it's like you said we all know what the objective was to get it but like now we just need to know like and then why didn't yen said like you know be the one that warned sora it was like it was young xehanort was the one that first told him about it and then upon his defeat at the Keyblade Graveyard, he's the one that taunted him. And then after Xehanort's defeat, it was Mickey that war- that you know warned him again. It's like, well, why didn't Yen Sen warn him? Why did it have to be young Xehanort be the first one to warn him? Yeah, so, yeah, that just overall, it really puts Sora in 
honestly a really interesting place because <laughs> you know we, we talked about over the years of the podcast how you know for a lot of the games you know yeah Sora is really just that normal boy that you know he just wanted to see the world and see other worlds and you know that kind of was it like there wasn't too much to him in a lot of the games although I would argue Kingdom Hearts 1 Sora has a lot of intrigue to him he's really interesting but in some of the other games like other sequels he he gets a little bit more simple and a little bit more like in a certain box but then now that you know he's done all this stuff you know even though from our perspective is uh are good things you know generally he's like he's defying fate he's going against what things should have been like at the end of the day they all should have died ven should have never woken up uh you know uh, Kyrie should have been killed and that was it like if you think about it if you know fate was let to you know determine what happens that's how it would have been but he decided to defy it and go against it and you know clearly there were consequences so I, I think that really does make him a lot more interesting like and this was not a quick development like he was put up to this in some ways and I wonder how this you know you know, potentially could have changed him. Like uh, I, I totally am with a lot of people where that, that, that believe master of masters is Sora after like millions and millions of years, you know, going from world to world, being effectively immortal, you know, using life hacks. <laughs> that is yeah. the, you know, I, I kind of see the power of waking as like, you, you know how in like a, you know, like a PC game, you press the tilde key and you get the debug menu and you get yeah. all the, you, you, you have all the cheats, you got wall hacks, you got God mode, you can fly through walls. Like, it's yeah. kind of like, a, it's kind of like a, in, a, in the Avengers with a, an end game where they travel in the past to retrieve the stones. And then it's like, well, if you do this and you create another universe, but it's, to me, it's like that. It's kind of like cheating in a way, like you said, debug mode. Um, but also the one thing we 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 didn't really mention that was in the trailer is that how Shalizia told Sora that it's more like like to to them the people the citizens of Quadratum it's just life, but to them it feels like an afterlife. You know, which exactly. is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, for them, yeah, they're they're basic. They died, and this is where they went. Yeah. So that yeah that that is a really good point. Uh, just real quick to you know just point out one other thing related to power of waking and it is relevant to the trailer because imagery that relates to this showed up in the trailer if only for a second but um the one demonstration that we have of what the power of waking relates to that we got that's kind of like more of imagery was uh if you remember the first time he uses it to sort of resolve them all dying uh you know once they all die they're like oh yeah and yeah light was defeated by darkness they cut real quick back to again i'm I'm talking about kingdom hearts 3 real quick just so everybody knows so after everybody dies in the keyblade graveyard they cut to uh, young xehanort and uh young master ericus and they're playing the chess game and yeah basically yep checkmate and then what young master ericus does instead is like well no you didn't and he just grabs the piece pulls it back and then a bunch of pieces show up it's that's basically what Sora did. You know, it's like literally they're playing a game of chess and he just cheated. That's literally what it is. He cheated. And yeah, it's, that's, it's canon. It's basically what any kid would do. It'd be like, Oh, yeah. you're dead now. Like, no, I'm not. I, yeah, I just no, activated my super, you know, super saying ultra instinct God mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. I mean, 
not to belabor the point, but if it was like chess and like, oh yeah, you know, I, I took all your chess, your chess piece or your checkers pieces. It's like, no, no, I didn't. They're right here. And just picks them up from the pile and puts more pieces back on the, on the, on the checkers board. I don't know. I don't play chess, so I don't, I don't know all, all the rules, but checkers I know. So yeah, it's like just literally cheating or like monopoly. It's like, yep, you're bankrupt. No, I'm not. There's money right here. Just grab it. Put it and just put it in my pile. It <laughs> yeah, I got more money now. What are, you, what are you gonna do about it? So, yeah, I, I like that. It's a really interesting thing. And yeah, like literally, there was imagery of uh, the single chess piece in the uh, in the trailer. Like it was just for a split second. It's kind of weird. I think it was actually after, if I'm not mistaken, it was after the four scene. They show a quick shot of the one, uh, the one individual uh, chess piece. So. I guess that kind of, I don't know how you feel about Churro, but I wonder if that sort of confirms that, you know, rem- remember that one part of the secret uh, or one of the epilogues of Kingdom Hearts 3 where they're like, oh, uh, you know, it's young Master Ericus and uh, young young Xehanort. And they're like, oh, uh, you know, I know this new game and it's like seven, seven dark pieces. And well, what about light? Oh, and, then, you know, he just has the one like what are you gonna do with that just watch and he just like slams it down i wonder if that means that i mean we have no idea but i wonder if that means that in kingdom hearts 4 it's a more solitary story where Sora, you know clearly Sora is cut off from everyone he knows and clearly everybody else you know we saw at the end of the of the trailer you know donald and goofy you know i guess they're in the underworld looking for guidance about death to figure out how to get to uh sora and then obviously we saw in melody of memory and in remind like all his friends even the final fantasy characters they're all like looking for anything and they've got nothing on their side so clearly there's a lot of stuff happening but i wonder if maybe in this game it's kind of like just sora and then maybe he's got like seven big villains to fight (laughs) i don't know the seven darknesses of some sort i don't you know Hard to say, but, you know, if I'm thinking back to that epilogue, that's kind of what I'm feeling. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, super, super interesting. I'll just wait until that passes. <laughs> right. Yeah, sorry, I, you know, just a quick note. I live in, well, I live in Tokyo now, and uh, I also live near a hospital, so this is my life, is constant, constant ambulances. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it's gone. So uh, yeah, uh, so next uh, quote unquote quick question. Uh, what are your hopes for Verum Rex? Uh, you know, we don't, we didn't get really any new information about it, but uh, what are your feelings for Verum Rex? And, you know, what do you hope about Verum Rex? I, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll take it real quick. Um, and I'll just say that I'm really excited by Verum Rex and I'm excited by the possibility that it could be more of its own thing than related to kingdom hearts i kind of almost well i see it kind of like how the world ends with you is how it's a the world ends with you is not kingdom hearts but the characters cameoed in kingdom hearts and it wasn't just you know like the final fantasy characters where they're kingdom hearts versions of the final fantasy characters like no the world ends with you characters that were in kingdom hearts 3d were the real ones and, you know, they went back to their own world and that's what happened. So they, they, there was crossover there 
but they were ultimately separate stories. And I'm hoping that's what Verum Rex is, is that it's a more, like, it's more integrated than World Ends With You was, but it's not, you know, it's not Kingdom Hearts, is what I hope. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, and I'm hoping this is Nomura's chance to finally make his dream game that he's been wanting to make ever since who knows when, you know, uh, we only knew it as in 2006 and uh, versus 13. But if you go back to previous podcasts, like I, I've mentioned that, like, if you really look at what versus 13 was, especially in its early days and even how, uh, you know, the secret endings portray it, we even seen some glimpses of what Nomura has been wanting to do in a video game in as early as the secret ending for kingdom hearts one, uh, you know, another side, another story and deep dive. Like they all have this similar imagery of a dark city and, you know, one guy fighting multiple enemies. Like that imagery was, we first saw it in the kingdom hearts secret endings. And then we saw it again, him tackle that kind of imagery in versus 13 and then his slight uh foray into final fantasy 15 before he was removed so you know there's clearly something he's been wanting to make for a long time and i'm hoping he gets the chance to do that i love that kingdom hearts can sort of like help that come into being it's almost like you know the the imagery of sora holding on to ven's heart like Ven was like killed in birth by sleep pretty much, but Sora took his heart and held it inside him. And that's kind of how I feel Verum Rex is being treated is that, you know, Final Fantasy 15 slash versus 13 was snatched away from Nomura and Kingdom Hearts caught its heart and is holding on to it until it's able to be on its own. Is how I and see it's, it. It's also interesting how he can eat, how he's able to, um, do like a versus 13 s type of setting within a kingdom hearts ish type of world you know so it's like it's amazing how he's able to adapt that into there that's the one thing i enjoy the the most about it how he's able to still accomplish his dream but within a different type of setting <laughs> yeah exactly and i um, i also think it's like kind of a you know a lucky coincidence that a lot of the imagery that we saw for Nomura's versus 13 slash Final Fantasy 15. A lot of that stuff was just literally straight up cut out of Final Fantasy 15. Like, yeah, Kingsglaive exists, but there's not a lot of scenes from Kingsglaive that explicitly look like stuff from versus 13. There's some things like there's the part where they're signing the treaty, like some stuff leading up to that that's very similar to stuff that we saw in early trailers. But other than that, a lot of the imagery was just not used. So I guess that kind of, yeah, that, that leaves it free. You know, it's not tangled with Final Fantasy XV. So I guess he's like free to use that stuff. It was his, you know, game's idea anyway in the first place. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of hopes for, for Verum Rex to be the true iteration of what he wants to make. And I hope... Not, not that I don't like the idea of Verum Rex also being like integrated, you know, more seriously with Kingdom Hearts, but I, I just like the idea that Nomura will be free. You know, he, he can integrate it if he wants in certain times, you know, like with, uh, you know, the world ends with you, but he can also just be free. You know, clearly Neo world, Neo, the world ends with you has nothing to do with Kingdom Hearts, like point blank. So I would love if they were able to be that free with it. 
I will, I'll just, uh, I'll just also point out real quick, like just notice, I- I'm really excited for whenever Verum Rex and just Yozora in general gets revealed again, because, you know, if you remember at the end of Kingdom Hearts uh, three, you know, he straight up was like, this is not my true form. Like what you're seeing now is not how I actually look. And now that we see what Sora looks like in Quadratum, you know, not even Sora looks like he looked in that scene. Like, so I can only imagine how that design is going to change going into yeah. the future. So I'm excited. There, there's so much. Do you have anything else for uh, Verum Rex? Anything else you're excited for, for that? I just want to say come to life. I mean, I understand that Nomura had to choose between Verum Rex and 4. And it's like, well, of course, the fans want 4, but also now fans want Verum Rex. So I'm hoping that Verum Rex can be like a kind of like another kind of like how Birth by Sleep was, you know, like told a prequel to Kingdom Hearts. So maybe Varum Rex can fill that void of what Birth by Sleep is, like to see the the story of Quadratum told through, you know, Yozora's eyes, you know, so, and, and the, all the confrontation and things that led up to him meeting Sora at, you know, in Remind. So it's like, so that's what I'm hoping for with that. You know, hopefully that story will eventually get told. Sure. I'll ask you, like, maybe potentially a slightly controversial question. Do you think going with Kingdom Hearts 4 first was the right choice over Varum Rex? And I think so, because overall, we are here for Kingdom Hearts, no matter yeah. how you look at it. So we want to see Sora, because and Nomura called it outright in his, inter- in his QA or interview, yeah. how he said he chose Kingdom Hearts 4 because fans were more worried about Sora. Yeah. So since so- Kingdom Hearts is Sora's game, and what we originally, you know, was we're here for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think Kingdom Hearts 4 was the right choice because then it's going to become another Kingdom Hearts 3 thing where it's like, oh, why isn't Kingdom Hearts 3 is announced? Or, I mean, why isn't Cage 4 announced? You know, when are you going to announce Cage 4? And then now that they announced Kingdom Hearts 4, now we're seeing the whole, oh, it's too early. It's too early. And it's like, oh, yeah. God, here we go. <laughs> but in the end, announcing Kingdom Hearts 4 was the right decision because I think with something like Verum Rex... I think Nomura is going to want to take his time with it since it's something yeah. that he's been wanting to tell for over a decade. So yeah, I think he would rather now. want to, yeah, more now, but I think it's something he would want to put more time yeah. to really flesh out everything. You know, it's kind of like, because we all know Nomura is a perfectionist. Absolutely. So, so he would want to make that thing that he's been wanting to tell, you know, as perfect as possible. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also agree that Kingdom Hearts 4 is the right choice. Now, I will also say that I don't know, like, if you were to ask me, which game am I more hyped for? I don't know the answer. Like, to be honest, I'm kind of like both. (laughs) I'm equally hyped for both. So knowing that that was possibly like, you know, you know, these these are, you know, these could have been parallel projects, like assuming we cloned the Osaka team and we had two teams that could work at the same time. And, you know, let's say clone Nomura, <laughs> it wouldn't have impacted anything. It could have been, it could have been done, you know, that's exciting. But I also feel like I, so while I am just, you know, equally as hyped for both and I'm really excited, you know, to see what Verum Rex is like, I do think it was the right choice. And my feeling on it is that Kingdom Hearts has an instant install base. Everybody loves Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 3 sold more than anything. They need to strike while the iron's hot. 
the gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 was too long. They need to keep the series going. We can't have numbered titles with the gaps that the gap we saw with from two to three. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff, you know, going on in the company at Square Enix that led to that. But yeah, we don't need another one of those situations. And if you think about it, like that's literally what happened after Kingdom Hearts 2. After Kingdom Hearts 2, they went that team went on to make versus 13 and we didn't get Kingdom Hearts 3 forever. That's not great. So and then because of that, <laughs> that, that team that was working on Kingdom uh, versus 13, they got pulled for Final Fantasy 13 and 14 because yeah. they were having development and it issues. It was a whole mess after that. Yep. So, I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, people still blame Nomura for all that, but it's like, no, no blame no. 13. Blame Square Enix for trying to release two big Final Fantasy titles back to back. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, Nomura was just caught up in the middle, you know, especially when you lose, like, I would say about 90% of your team. And yeah. then you were you were giving another team that really hasn't worked on Kingdom Hearts, which led to, you know, Birth by Sleep. And then from there, the Osaka team had to develop you know how to learn new skills and develop yeah. that to eventually to become what it is now team, basically yeah so basically now here he is he's able to finally you know to tell that story with a team that he's been working with for you know over a decade too now so yep i will also go on to say just a little further down that point that with with verum rex I also feel like while there is hype for Verum Rex, you know, like I said before, Kingdom Hearts 4 has a built-in install base. Everybody's excited for it. It is the game to play. Verum Rex has interest, but I don't think it's as well known yet. And I think, like, uh, I'm sure you would agree with me, while Kingdom Hearts 4 is not Verum Rex, I think Kingdom Hearts 4 will serve to hype for Verum Rex. You know, they're, they're going to Quadratum. Like, it's literally where Verum Rex is supposed to happen. So clearly there will be some sort of information about the world and possibly more information about Yozora at some point. If not in secret, then, you know, uh, we don't know how it's going to be integrated in, in what way, if Yozora will appear or not. But I think it's a good thing for Verum Rex that Kingdom Hearts 4 can go first have its own story, but also lay the groundwork for what Verum Rex is and also get people more interested in it. You know, Kingdom Hearts 3 was just like the first taste and like the first like surprise as to what Nomura had in mind with this story of Verum Rex. And then now in Kingdom Hearts 4 that he can help to build the hype even further so that there will be that audience there that knows about that game coming and, you know, build the hype for it. So I think it's the right idea Kingdom Hearts 4 is the proper vessel and I think it's going to have a really good like setup to have, you know, a lot of people ready for it when it's eventually coming out. That game might be 10 years away. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Kingdom Hearts 4 is 10 years away, but Verum Rex very well could be 10 years away. So, I would say Honestly, don't I hold don't, your breath I, for it. I personally don't think so. Like Okay. I mean, I would probably say it's about maybe half that, maybe 5 years away. I hope so. <laughs> Because like, because so. like, one of the things that Nomura has now that he didn't have was multiple teams. You know, yeah, considering yeah. considering that you know, you know, of course now we see that one of the teams is working on Missing Link. You know, yeah. then you have two people working on Union Cross and Dark Road finale. Mm-hmm. Then you have the soccer team working on Kingdom Hearts Four. So it's like, once Missing Link is done and put out there, you know, then you're probably gonna have to do some shifting with teams to work on another project. Yeah. In the meantime, that's not Kingdom Hearts Four. So. Hopefully by then, you know, they'll have like a 
a fully capable team that's that's working on Varum Rex or could be in the middle of working on Varum Rex too. Yeah, Just, yeah, that's true. I, I will also point out that I think with Kingdom Hearts four, you know, classic Kingdom Hearts team, they're setting Kingdom Hearts four in the world that they're going to need for the next game. So they can use the budget of Kingdom Hearts 4 to help build Quadratum up so that when it comes time to make Verum Rex, they already have a ton of assets from, from Kingdom Hearts 4 ready to go. Smart. Like, <laughs> yep. I love that. That's so good. So yeah. So yeah, overall super hype for Verum Rex. Uh, another question. What are your hopes for the Lost Masters arc? Uh, well, I mean, we we, we kind of talked about things like we we got to know about the box, we got to know more about uh the power of waking that sort of thing, and then the, of course what's you know we we found out what the master master's plan was at the Union Union Cross about yep. how darkness can't be defeated on its own; it has to be absorbed into yes. someone to be defeated. As we we actually we I call it as much as I don't want to bring this up, I I call it like the Harry Potter yeah situation where how he destroyed a Horcrux before we even knew what a Horcrux crux was mm-hmm. and then here we have you know ventus at the end of unicross you see that ventus absorbed one of the darknesses yes and of course it was just later it was later extracted by xanar which became vanitas mm-hmm. and then vanitas was defeated so that basically is one darkness gone so basically the master master's plan is to have was originally was used the foreteller or the new full foretellers to absorb the darkness yes so they could defeat it so like i kind of want to see since that plan kind of got thrown out of whack because of involvement of Maleficent and the darkness that told Maleficent what she could do in her time there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm interested to see what the master master does now, kind of how his plan kind of got like thrown a, a little bit out of, you know, proportion Yeah, for yeah. that. And then plus I also want to know what exactly transpired between master Ava and master Lushu during their little talk on the hill overlooking daybreak town because we all know the last thing we saw was that they both summoned their keyblades and yeah. we haven't seen anything since and then of course the epilogue in kingdom Hearts 3 where zigbar notices that it you know ava didn't make it you know so basically i kind of want to see what happened to ava in regards to that and yeah. it, and then of course what it, you know it just you know now we have these new mysteries now that needs to be solved so i can't wait to yeah. see what that lost masters arc really covers i'll just say my hope for the Lost Masters arc, I have, I'm a total op- open-minded person about what could happen. I'm going to talk more practical. I hope for the Lost Masters arc that Square Enix builds up more Kingdom Hearts teams because there's so many possible games that they could be making, and it seems like there's not enough people making them, and we need more teams working on more Kingdom Hearts games because they're never going to get made <laughs> if we keep going uh, with this one team at a time thing. Like it's you know good, like you mentioned, now they've, now they've got the team working on Missing Link, they got the team working on Kingdom Hearts Four. We need more, you know. That's what oh, I'm feeling. Yeah, definitely, it's like because you know how with uh, like Birth by Sleep and Union Cross, we got to see like the origins of the Keyblade and you know the the Masters before Sora's time. So like, hopefully, we also get to see what, who or what the Master Masters is and why he knows so much, where he and his origins. He's like where he came from and how does he know so much about you know, everything that transpired until now that led up to this. And, and in the end, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Yeah. Yeah. The, that is, uh, left to be, yeah, left to be decided. Um, 
I will say, though, good guy or bad guy, do you think we will fight the Master of Masters at some point? Oh, yeah, definitely we will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that's pretty much confirmed. I mean, I don't think Yozora is a bad guy, but we fought him, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure. We'll, do you think we'll fight him, though, in Kingdom Hearts 4? I think at some point. I think at some point, uh, if Riku is involved, I think Riku would want to... I think he would be the one to seek him out because remember he's the one that told uh, the fairy godmother that he's seen him in his dreams. So basically, I think his goal, Riku's goal, is going to be to seek him out. But of course, you know, Yuzora isn't going to be so trustworthy of Riku. So I think they are. I think I'm not sure about Sora, but I think in the case of Riku, they'll probably fight. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I also think yeah. I'm pretty sure at some point we will fight Master of Masters. I don't know in what form or whatever i don't think we'll defeat him in kingdom hearts 4 but we may have uh an encounter <laughs> it'll just be one of those things where like you ha- you know your classic you have the boss battle but then you defeat him but then yeah the, the post-cut scene will be like he'll be barely have a scratch on him he'll just be like hey, yeah you know that was you just like commented how good you know th- that fight was and that was yeah it. actually now now that you bring that up i'm totally into that i think that's what's gonna happen is we're gonna rock the crap out of him and it's gonna look like we beat him and then he's just gonna be like you know like a looney tunes character and be like Woo, that was tough and he'll come off from like off screen he'll show up or it's kind of like uh like in like um in Kingdom Hearts One Final Mix, where you defeat uh, Zemnis, and then he's like, it shows that he shows him walking back, and then he like breaks the the thing off him to show that, and then he just says, then he just comments like, very interesting, and it's like, you know, or like in Kingdom Hearts Two, where you defeat Sephiroth, and it's like, it's just Sephiroth just like brushing the dirt off his shoulder, like it was nothing. Yeah. It could be interesting if possibly, you know, m- you know, if Master of Masters is this like multiversal entity that just exists in so many different multiverses that maybe we fight him and it looks like we defeat him and then he just shows up again is like oh that was nothing but maybe in reality we did kill him and then who showed up was a different master of masters from another world to sort of be like uh no you didn't (laughs) but maybe maybe we did actually kill him yeah yeah uh, dr strange situation yeah that yeah yeah basically what happened in dr strange so, yeah, and I guess just one real quick question before we get to the proper question segment. When do you think Kingdom Hearts 4 is coming out? Oh, boy. Let's yeah, see. this it is the, the question, question of the year. I still I still think that we're probably a few years away. So I'd probably say like 20, I would say 2025. I would say, I'd say if, if, if I had to go, if I had to be a bold statement, it would be 2024. But I would think 2025. So I'm going to be a little more conservative on it. And I'll say that, f- at least for me, I think 2025 is the earliest. And I could see 2026 and maybe 2027 at the latest if there's some development problems. <laughs> maybe 2028. It'll be announced for 2027, like December, and then get delayed to January of 2028. Yeah, because um, uh, if you look back at what Nomura stated, that he said that you know the next Kingdom Hearts game would wouldn't be too early into the PS 5s yeah, you yeah. know cycle. So basically, by the time we hit twenty twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, it's only been what like five years, four or five years since it's been yeah. released. So that's pretty much usually five, five, six years is about like the midway of any console's life. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. You know, there's that, and then of course, you know, like like 
And another thing, like the reason why I say 2024, 2025 is because, you know, considering that the team's already worked on Unreal Engine, so they already know what to do. Yeah. You know, and then plus using, you know, Pirates as a, if they are trying to go full live action, you know, with their, within their, in the game, they have the experience because of, you know, Pirates was the, the lead catalyst in that. Yeah. You know, so, and so I think the development will still take time, but not as much time as you think, because um, I just saw on Twitter, um, somebody made a post of all the development time in between of first announcement and release. And Kingdom Hearts 3 was like almost six years. Yeah. And so I think that I don't think it'll take six years from, you know, announcement now. So, you know, maybe that's why I'm that's why I'm hanging on the optimistic feeling of three to four years instead. Yeah, I, I definitely. Yeah, I, I, I feel what you're saying. I agree with it. I think, yeah, if yeah, if you look at the challenge they had to solve going from, you know, the handheld games to Kingdom Hearts three, that was a huge change in everything about what they do, uh, you know, development wise. And clearly, yeah, they're, they're pushing the envelope, you know, they're, they're pushing the quality level of what we're seeing. Like, this is a jump. They're not making literally another Kingdom Hearts 3. This isn't like, you know, it's not like Final Fantasy X to Final Fantasy X 2. You know, it's not the same generation. They're clearly shooting to make a next generation game out of Kingdom Hearts 4. They're not holding anything back. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely going to push it forward. But at the end of the day, you know, same, more or less same engine and not too much different uh, workflow wise. They got their workflow set out. They know what they're doing. You know, they even just had recently they made Kingdom Hearts Remind and they did that in a year. And, you know, they were able to put out quite a bit of content in just a year. And that shows, you know, their skill and working in this level of uh, quality. So, yeah, they're they're definitely battle tested now. And while, yes, they are pushing it forward, you know, it's less different than it than it was going from, you know, like Birth by Sleep to Kingdom Hearts 3. It's It's not that big of a jump. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, that pretty much wraps up the news segment. So now we'll go to the proper questions where we got the questions from you guys. And thank you again for sending those questions in. So this first question comes from – actually, we have two questions that were kind of similar. So we're going to group these together. Uh, first one from Nico Gonzalez. Do you think Quadratum will be used throughout the game as a hub world or be used specifically as a tutorial section for the, uh, of the game? And uh, last quick uh, last question from uh, Nico Gonzalez would be, what surprised you the most about the trailer? And the other question from Buried Heart, which is similar, is do you think Sora will remain in Quadratum for most of the game? I'm thinking Quadratum will be one big open world for Sora, and then other characters in the Realm of Light will go to death-themed Disney worlds like Coco and the Underworld to find Sora, and then they'll meet, uh, they'll all meet at the end. So slightly different, you know, we got a couple of different possibilities here. Nico points out that it could be a hub world or it could be just a tutorial section. And we just see it at the beginning of the game and then Sora goes to other places. And then Buried Heart says that it could be, you know, maybe Sora's in most of the game, but also maybe it's just Sora for a little bit. And then, you know, maybe for other for the other Disney worlds, we're, we're actually playing mostly other characters. Uh, or that's kind of what I'm getting. I'm not exactly sure. Cause yeah, if they're going to other Disney theme worlds that involve death, yeah, maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. But Tara, what's your take on Quadratum? How do you think it's going to be integrated 
uh, into the game. I think that a combination of both. It's, I mean, of course, it's going to be a tutorial because basically, yeah. you know, Sora, I mean, from based on the trailer, Sora finally woke up after spending seven days asleep. Yep. So basically, you're going to have to go through the emotions of what exactly the world is, what it has to offer, and and all that. So I think it's going to serve as a tutorial for the main most part for Sora to learn. Because considering that Sora always starts at level one with the minus all his abilities again. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, so they keep finding reasons to put Sora back to level one, and we can't keep letting them get away with this. Yeah, so no. an- another Another reason. Oh, he goes to another world and he fell asleep. And maybe, <laughs> I guess if you're seven days asleep... Maybe maybe you forget all your Kingdom Hearts skills. Yeah, because it, it will definitely serve as a catalyst for a... I mean, especially when the number titles come in. Oh, so yeah. it is normally the... Normally, as I say loosely, because Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. But normally the uh, tutorial person to begin with. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it'll be used as a hub. I think it's going to be like one of those things where it's like... Uh, what's the best? It's kind of like how, like you know, the world is with you. You have different districts. And mm-hmm. you yeah, have, yeah. And I think that it's going to be like I think what drama might be like mission based type of world where it's like you have like heartless appearing in this type of area. Yeah. You got to go over there to stop it. You know, such and such. So like I think it's going to be used more as a hub where like kind of Twilight Town and Traverse Town was. It has well a lot of key elements will be there for that for that one. I don't really see Quadratum being like the entire world, you know, world of Kingdom Hearts four. Like, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be that, like, like, Oh, this is the only be, place you go to. It's only yeah, that wouldn't be like Kingdom Hearts to me. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Like, no, I that's think not it just, it's just going to be a main hub. Yeah. I then, agree. Yeah. yeah I, I, I totally agree with you. And actually I just wanted to sort of add as kind of like an addendum to my hopes for Kingdom Hearts four, uh, that I hope that Kingdom Hearts four is a chance to really shake up the formula of Kingdom Hearts. And I think Quadratum is a big piece of it. Um, just because overall we've had for all of these games, like the same, like kind of the similar kind of format. And while I think mo- more or less, especially if we're getting a Star Wars world, I think more or less it's going to stay the same format. But I kind of see that Quadratum being a, yeah, I, I agree. I think Quadratum is the hub world. And we're going to be there a lot. And it's kind of like, like how you said with uh, like Traverse Town or Twilight Town or, you know, also there was a Radiant Garden slash Hollow Bastion in Kingdom Hearts 2. Like it's a world, it's the main world we'll be in. And that's the the touchstone that we go back to. And I like the idea that you bring up of like, you know, possibly missions happening there and a lot of things to do in that world. So it's not, you know, it's not only just a, a, a you know, an in-between hub world, but it's also a place where stuff happens. And I think a lot of stuff will happen, but I think I brought it up in a much prior podcast. I can't remember when, but I, I kind of wish for Quadratum that it's basically like Peach's Castle in Mario 64. And yeah. it would be super cool if, let's say, somewhere in Quadratum, you know, you see a poster for Star Wars or you see a TV in a in a shop window playing Star Wars and Persona 4 style jump in the TV and that's how you get to the Star Wars world. And as you progress the story, you know, you have to discover where in the open world that 
gateway is and it could it could appear in so many different formats and that's the thing that's beautiful about tokyo we got advertisements everywhere so the quote-unquote portal could be anything like if you think back to mario 64 you know it was always a painting you know is or not always but most of the time it was a painting you know you would go into a room and there would be a big painting that would represent the level you would go to you jump into the painting and that's how you do it and you know you know it wouldn't be the first time Kingdom Hearts would be inspired by Mario 64. And I just like the exploration type element that, you know, maybe at a certain at certain points throughout the game, let's say there's three possible Disney worlds that you could go to and they're located somewhere, you know, that you have to discover in Quadratum somewhere. It could be at a movie shop, uh, you know, a movie shop or if it's an older movie like Star Wars, maybe it's at like a at a used uh, use good shop and you know maybe it's just like uh, old vhs of star wars playing on a tiny tv and that's how you get in or if it's a more recent movie maybe you like buy tickets to watch the movie in the theater and that's how you get in like there could be all these like different ways I, you know this is all just like i'm pulling it out my butt it could be any it could not be that at all and donald and goofy show up in the first five minutes and like oh hey sora we brought the gummy ship <laughs> you know and that and it's back to normal you know maybe it's just that but i just like the idea of like really shaking things up and you know combining the open world exploration with also being you know how you get to other worlds i I feel like that kind of integration would make quadratum feel more you know more interesting but you know just an idea okay and uh churro if you could take this next question yes i can this is from nathan hayden how can uh unreal engine 5 benefit the development and quality of the game or what features do you think they could use to make what we saw in the trailer even better? I've always loved your technical insight during Kingdom Hearts 3's development. Well, thank you very much, Nathan. And yeah, I, I of course, love this. This is one of my favorite parts of uh, every podcast we did. Um, uh, so yeah, just real quick. Um, uh, I, I didn't put this in the news segment since I knew we would talk about this later. Um, but yeah, just the as far as we know and it, well it is official the trailer was made fully in real time in unreal engine 4 so the visuals that we see everything about it was using the legacy unreal engine 4 engine but it also has been confirmed that they will shift development over to unreal engine 5 we don't know when that's going to happen but that is their plan going forward um so yes that that's spurs on this question so just in case anybody doesn't know uh yes uh when you watch that trailer none of what i'm going to talk about is in that trailer at the moment (laughs) so yeah they haven't moved to unreal engine 5 yet but they will move on so i will just say real quick i'm sure most people know but unreal engine 5 is pretty easy to transition to from unreal engine 4 uh generally speaking as long as you're not doing anything too custom in the engine uh, you can transfer your project over and there really isn't that much different. Uh, basically, every project that I've ever done in Unreal Engine 4, uh, I'm able to bring over in Unreal Engine 5 and I've only dealt with maybe one bug that was easy to fix. So uh, generally speaking, it's pretty simple. Uh, Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5, it's like, honestly, they could have just called it the next version of Unreal Engine 4 and it would have been accurate. Like really, honestly... On the fundamental level, the engine is the same engine. It does have a different editor. Like the software that you're using does look a little different. It's better, but it is a little different. And there are some 
aspects, especially graphically, that have changed. But uh, you know, when you really get down to the the meat and potatoes of what Unreal Engine Five is, it's literally the same. Uh, the analogy I, I like to use it's like I have Word two thousand three, and I made a document when I was like I don't know in middle school, and I took my dot doc file and I opened it in the latest version of Word Word twenty whatever. You know, it, it'll still open. You know, it, it, it it's not going to look any different. You'll open it, and it'll be the same document that you had. All the spelling mistakes that you had back in middle school, they'll still be there. So, you know, it's it, it's not a magic thing, but in terms of the transition, it's easy. So now let's talk about specifically what you're talking about here, which is uh, what aspects of Unreal Engine 5 could benefit the development and specifically the quality of the game. So there are a couple of features in Unreal Engine 5 that are really key to making, you know, to making a game like truly next gen and really push it beyond what is set up in Unreal Engine 4. Uh, because yes, if they just if they literally just import their project from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5, it will be the exact same thing. It's not going to be any different. Uh, where they will see benefit is if they use the two big features. Actually, well, they're, they're, there's really like three big features. So the three big features are Nanite, Lumen, and World Partition. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll break down real quick what they are. So Nanite is a... We're going to get technical here. Nanite is a tool for automatically reducing the quality of models in your game. And basically what that does is depending on how big a particular model is on the screen, the more detailed it is. And the smaller it is, the less detailed it is. Normally we would have to generate you know, different versions of models that would pop in and out. Like if you've ever played a Grand Theft Auto game and you drive really fast, you'll sometimes see a lot of pop in. This is sort of to eliminate that and not just to eliminate the pop in, but for the artist, they no longer have to make the low quality versions of the model. So basically the artist just has to make one version of the models, the high quality version with all this crazy detail, actually more detail that has ever been possible in a video game. Like we're talking some crazy stuff. If you look at um, Epic Games put out the Matrix Awakens demo and you may not notice how crazy insane the detail is, but one really great example that I love to look at is there is a chain link fence in the open world of the matrix demo and normally a chain link fence the way they would do that is it would be a flat plane that has cut out in 2d the chain link fence that's how every game ever has done chain link fence fences in games not in the matrix demo the chain link fence every single link is in 3d the more you zoom in the more detail it's real all the geometry is real it's all there everything that should be 3d in real life it is it's nuts like every tiny little detail can be as detailed as you want it is amazing that has not been possible before and it has knock on effects on everything like i think out of all of the features that Unreal Engine 5 has to offer, I think Nanite is the most accessible drop-in solution possible. Now, it will require some reauthoring a little bit. They will have to re-import the high, highest quality version of each mesh into the game, and they might have to rebuild some elements. But overall, that is going to have huge impacts to quality and if you look like, for example, if you look at that quote unquote Endor scene, the the forest scene, if you were to update that with Nanite, it would have huge uh, impacts on the quality. 
There are a lot of limitations, though. Nanite cannot work on very thin geometry, namely foliage, and it cannot work on objects that need to uh, move around a lot. Uh, I say move around a lot more. Technically speaking, objects cannot deform, so it can't be used for characters. It can only be used for background elements, and it's not uh, good for foliage because foliage you know, moves around a lot. Uh, the second big feature that would be have a huge impact on the visual quality would be Lumen. Lumen is the new lighting engine. It is a fully real-time global illumination uh, tool. And uh, basically, global illumination is the holy grail of CG lighting. Uh, basically, lighting in games is the fakest thing ever. <laughs> There's so much cheating and what global illumination brings and what lumen could bring if they decide to use it is real light simulation light hits an object and it bounces around and lumen actually generates infinite bounces which is actually better than a lot of games that use ray trace uh normal ray trace global illumination uh if you if you've seen uh cyberpunk 2077 and you like put it up to the highest settings i think they only bounce a couple of times the, uh, the and i think it's only the light from the sun bouncing a couple of times and that looks amazing Lumen, on the other hand, is, I don't know how they do it, but it's infinite bounces. It's nuts. Um, the other really interesting thing about Lumen that could really, really, I know I keep saying this, but really impact Kingdom Hearts specifically that I think would be amazing is now the newest version of Lumen that is in the latest release of Unreal Engine 5. It supports emissive materials contributing lighting into the scene. So basically what that means is any object that glows naturally will actually cast light into the scene, which, you know, just saying that out loud, obviously that should be the case, but that's not how things actually work in games. And that's not how it has worked up until now. So now, for example, if Sora casts a fire magic spell, it will literally have light generated specifically from the shape of the flame Currently, yes, when Sora casts fire magic in Kingdom Hearts 3, it does cast light in the scene, but what's actually happening is they're cheating. When Sora casts fire, they instantly generate a light that you can't see in the place where the fire is. So light casts from the general area of where the fire is, but it's not actually being cast from the fire itself. There is a fake light that goes with the fire. It's cheating. Whereas with Lumen and this new paradigm of emissive lighting from the actual every single pixel of that fire will impact what the fire actually looks like. If there's some bright parts in certain areas and darker parts of the fire in certain areas, that will affect the lighting. Like, it's huge. So just think about everything in Kingdom Hearts that typically glows. Every single thing in that game could contribute to how the scene is lit. That is going to change everything. However, unlike Nanite, uh, Lumen is very processing intensive. I am still currently very suspicious about or still anxious about whether or not Lumen is a realistic integration into a lot of games this generation. Um, while it will be very interesting and I think a PC version of Kingdom Hearts 5 or Kingdom Hearts 4 could really use it. I'm not so sure how effective it will be 
for Kingdom Hearts. Um, currently, the one main project that is using it now that is available right now on PS5 is what I mentioned before, the Matrix Awakens, well, also on Xbox. And it looks great, but it does not run great. Um, uh, if you want to know more about it, uh, just look on YouTube. Digital Foundry does a really great uh, breakdown. Look up Digital Foundry Matrix Awakens demo. They've got a couple of videos on it. You can learn more about Lumen and Nanite and how that affects it, and more specifically how it performs, which hint is not well. It does not hit, hit even 30 frames per second, which some of us have been getting used to at what Kingdom Hearts is like at 60 frames per second. I don't think that will be a target for Kingdom Hearts 4 at all. I think Kingdom Hearts 4 will target 30 frames per second. And if we're lucky, if there's a PS5 Pro and a, I don't know, a new Xbox Series console, maybe those might run better, but don't hold your breath for anything faster. And last real quick, there's World Partition. World Partition is just a new way of cutting up an open world so you can get absolutely gargantuan worlds. And they've also updated some things with how they gen- how they calculate uh, like a lo- your location in space. I heard that like their new uh, variable that can hold what your location is is so big that it can actually handle galaxy level precision. So <laughs> they're trying to future proof Unreal Engine five really hard here. Um, you know, just just for reference. Uh, Unreal Engine 4 was struggling really hard with open worlds when it first came out uh, until they decided to like really push Fortnite to be a bigger thing. And then when Fortnite got updated, then they started to get bigger maps in Unreal Engine. So, you know, we're going from struggling to even handle Fortnite and that map to now potentially galaxy level size. I don't think Kingdom Hearts will ever do anything like that. Maybe with the gummy ship, but no, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, yeah, it'll basically benefit open worlds. So open worlds will be better, which is perfect for not just Kingdom Hearts, but also Verimrex if, yeah, if they want to really go that direction. So that's the main thing. Uh, I think, yeah, super exciting. Unreal Engine 5 is changing everything. Um, currently, uh, yeah, we, uh, at least in, in my studio, yeah, we have some projects that we're moving towards uh, for Unreal Engine 5, and I think pretty much all our future projects um, that are that are more new, they're all probably going to be Unreal Engine 5. So, yeah, this is it's the next big thing, and I, I'm excited to see what Kingdom Hearts does with it, but I'm also a little bit worried because it still doesn't quite perform where it needs to be. So, you know, that... The benefit, the nice thing is Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to take a while to be made. So the good news is Epic Games is working hard to improve the performance even further, add more optimization. So hopefully it'll get better. In its current state, Unreal Engine 5 is still a little bit heavy for the current gen consoles. All right, so I'll take this next question and ask you, Churro. Uh, so from Satria, Satria asks, how would Kingdom Hearts 4 balance out the possibility of a Kyrie slash aqua training scenario riku's adventure going through quadratum and yozora's appearance i mean i don't think if when it comes to Kyrie aqua training scenario i think it would probably be the same thing as like Kyrie and axel's training it'll be more like right. cutscene only in conversation between yeah. the two for them to bond more I don't really see like Aqua uh, Kyrie having her own like gameplay mechanic with Aqua the Train. Yeah, 
So like any any training she will do will be either be be a cutscene or off screen, so that when Kyrie you know is ready to join the fight, she already knows what to do. She'll like probably mm-hmm. come in guns blazing just to show off the story how much she's learned. Yeah. So I think that. I think that's where it's going to fall. Yeah, some people might be disappointed, even even myself included, but unfortunately, I think that's the way it's going to be with this one again as well. Yeah. For some reason, when it comes to Kyrie, it's always everything's off screen or cutscene only. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. The only other thing I could see for Kyrie is, I, I well, I, I have two options. Either it's not Kingdom Hearts Four and it's another game, or if it is Kingdom Hearts Four and somehow they wanted to shoe in shoehorn in some gameplay maybe it's like uh i don't know maybe that's the tutorial <laughs> but it would be yeah. so weird it would be so weird to do Kyrie and aqua because that's like it doesn't seem like there's much like story impetus for that whereas like there's a huge amount of story stuff happening to sora he's way more relevant right now so yeah i just i, I can't see it happening maybe maybe there could be like a 0.2 style game like a like a mini style game kind of like aqua had but for Kyrie, i don't know yeah that could be a possibility. What do you think about Riku? I believe that Riku might have his own game when he goes to Quadratum. Yeah. Or at least his own segment. Kind of like how um, you know how Roxas had a segment in Kingdom Hearts 2. So yeah. It, it could be that way as well. I've seen a lot of people pointing out that like since Sora is going to be asleep for seven days, it's kind of like in Kingdom Hearts 2, so... I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if there's like a segment like in Kingdom Hearts 2, like a week long thing where yeah. we're playing somebody else. I don't know who that would be. Could be Azora, could be Sora, something, could be Riku, could be anything really. Well, the Do you nice feel- thing is that yeah. we've noticed is that we've, in, since Kingdom Hearts 3 and Remind, yeah. we've getting, been getting more control of Riku. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, he's getting more like. Um, like he's being treated more like a main character in more scenes, you know. Like yeah. he 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 was the like main focus in a lot of the like post game stuff for Remind, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that for Riku? Because I've seen some other people say like another pos another potential possibility could be you know how we had in um, Dream Drop Distance where it was literally like half and half. Like, do you feel that's a possibility at all? Hmm. I. Eh, considering this is what it is, I, I think it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it, of course. Uh, I, I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. I'm just feeling like with how that epilogue went, where he was like straight up saying this is One Piece against Seven. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just have a slight inkling that this is a Sora game, and that's about it. Yeah, because I mean, considering how Namora always says the number titles are Sora's game. Yeah, but, like, and considering King Numbers Two, we had a the, you know little. We had like a Kojima esque, you know, you know, curveball thrown with yeah, boxes. yeah. So it's like, you know, he's done that once, and it's yeah. like, uh, do you think Nomura would really play that same trick again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just I don't know. I don't think this is the game to do any repeat tricks. This is the game that's going to break the mold, and it's going to yeah. set the standard for the future of the series. So, yeah, I'm going to say whatever happens with any of these characters. I don't think we will have experienced it before. I think it's going to be something new. And I, I guess, yeah, last real quick, Chiro, uh, Yozora. What do you think Yozora's involvement with this is even going to be? Because, you know, we already got, you know, kind of some information that they intend Verum Rex to be, you know, we, we don't know how much it relates to Kingdom Hearts, but we know that 
it's supposed to have its own story. Well, to know, me, that's separate. Like, considering the cutscene that plays during yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3, to me, I felt, felt that Verum Rex would probably be like a prequel to Yuzora's story and how he ended up where he was. So when it comes to like Kingdom Hearts 4, I think Yuzora will probably be like one to frequently cross paths with Sora. Because con- considering that, you know, in Versus 13, Noctis was the prince. And then here, he is a commander of probably the army or whatever military branches exist in Quadratum. So they're probably there to, like, make sure, like, forces, like, you know, that he fought against in Verum Rex doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, they, or he's trying to save, like, the city from the, you know, approaching darkness that's you that we saw in the trailer. So maybe we see Yuzora there in, like, a, like a military capacity, crossing paths with Sora, probably warning him not to, like, interfere with you know, what they're trying to do. So it's like, I think that Yuzara will probably make appearances here and there as time goes on, whatever happens in the city. Yeah, now that you're saying that, yeah, I could see, so, if, yeah, if Yuzora features a lot in Kingdom Hearts 4, I could see him kind of being almost kind of like how Riku was in uh, in Kingdom Hearts 1. You know, kind of like the rival figure that's that's there and, you know, on his own sort of mission. Um, you know, could serve as a recurring boss in some sort of sense, if that's the case. Um, but I think ultimately for me, like, yeah, I, I think Yozora, I think he will appear in the game, but I think he might r- remain kind of en- enigmatic and distant if he does appear at all. And I think whatever his involvement will be will be to serve to set up for a potential Barum Rex game. Like to me, I, I I fully feel that Nomura wants to make the Varum Rex game. So any time Yozora shows up, his job is to pitch everybody on the idea of a Varum Rex game so he gets the chance to make it. So I don't think Yozora can be given too much because, well, too much of his own story. He could appear in the plot and sort of help out Sora and help him along, but I don't think we're going to get very many mysteries about Yozora resolved because I think they're going to they're going to want to make him interesting and mysterious. They because they want us to get hyped for Varum Rex. That's part of Kingdom Hearts 4's job is to hype us for Varum Rex. So. Yeah, because like literally, they're already talking about the next game during the announcement of this game. So yeah, so it's like for them <laughs> Cle- to clearly for the they Mar- they have something involved, something in, in on their mind. Yeah, they 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 already have like probably two two plot points going forward. You know, considering yeah. what Nomar's already stated about Veramax or Cage Four, and it's like it's like well, then if you want Cage Four, we'll give you Cage Four, but you know, but we'll still give you Veramax. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. Long story short, I think if Yozora is there, his main job is to sell us on his game and not reveal too much. And if anything, you know, I don't think we'll control him. I think that's up to Verum Rex for, for us to control him. But yeah, I think his his number one job is to be mysterious and look cool. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Churro, if you could take this last question. Oh, there's actually this three was- questions. Okay, uh, this is from Chris Willis, and they write, "Which worlds, Disney and non-Disney, do you think will we will likely be visiting Kingdom Hearts Four? Do you think Kingdom Hearts Four would be good jumping on point for new players, or do you think it'll rely on heavily on prior Kingdom Hearts knowledge? And how have the two of you been this last year?" Oh, great question. So, uh, 
yeah, let's take the let's take these questions one by one. So yeah, first one: Which worlds, Disney and non-Disney, do you think we'll be visiting in Kingdom Hearts Four? Um, so I'll just say first: I don't think any strictly non-Disney worlds will be featured. Like I've seen some people be like, "Oh, there's going to be a Seven Remake world or Final Fantasy X world for some reason." I don't know, but I, I don't think there will be any strictly non-Disney worlds. I think the closest to non-Disney we'll get is recent Disney acquisition worlds like Star Wars, potentially Marvel. Um, you know, we, we've talked before about yeah, the possibility of Avengers. I would love that. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, I think, yeah, I, I'm really excited for the possibility of a lot of live action worlds. I think, you know, if you think about what Kingdom Hearts 3 was, Kingdom Hearts 3 was the chance to finally do CG movies. Because they had been holding back for so long. Like the closest we got was Chicken Little as a summon in, in Kingdom Hearts 2. But Kingdom Hearts 3 was the first time that the quality of the graphics could really match, you know, a, a close approximation to what Disney has in their actual real life, you know, the actual real CG movies. So this next step for Kingdom Hearts is like this is their real chance to really go hard on realistic live action movies. So I think. I don't know if that's all there's going to be. I would not be surprised if there were some worlds that were like CG animation movie based or even 2D animation movie based. Clearly there's something to do with Hades. So Hercules is a possibility, but I don't know if there's necessarily a Hercules world in this game. I think it'd just be more like uh, maybe just a cutscene. Of yeah them. just like you know a, a continuance of them you know hades asking down on the goofy what are you doing here like what do you want yeah because you know? here, here's here's my thing and here's my reason for why i don't think there's going to be a olympus coliseum world maybe there might be olympus coliseum maybe we might have that somehow but i just don't see there being a necessary story to be told in the olympus setting or even the underworld. I don't think there's a necessary story to be told there. I think what's happening here is Hades is becoming more, and actually just, Namor just really likes Hercules, it seems like, because he's getting so much. Like, Kingdom Hearts 3 really pumped up Hercules, and it just seems like the Hercules property and everything surrounding it is becoming more like how Maleficent is, becoming more relevant to the plot. They're actually treating the Greek mythology of what happens with you know all, all the gods and goddesses of greek mythology and actually treating them like oh yeah they exist and they're the they're actually the characters from hercules and they really are they really do serve that you know role in the grand scope of kingdom hearts and you not know, only that you have his uh, fascination with the greek letters the greek alphabet too yeah yeah and no. uh, I guess on, in a smaller example, we also had in Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, in uh, Halloween Town slash Christmas Town, Santa Claus. That Santa Claus is the Santa Claus for Kingdom Hearts, period, the end. That is canon, real Santa. So in the same way, even though that doesn't really matter too much in the grand scope of Kingdom Hearts, that's how Hades and Hercules are kind of being treated. You know, Hercules is the model hero for Sora. Like, that's why he looks up to him and wants to learn from him. And Hades is Hades is Hades. And he's really he really is the Lord of the Underworld, as he says he is. So 
that's how I see that. And so I don't know if there's necessarily a news story to be told for Hercules, because man, if you really think about it, Hercules has been in so many Kingdom Hearts games as a world. But I do see instead of that, the, you know, Hades, at least maybe not Hercules, but at least Hades, it seems like he's going to have a, a stronger involvement in the main plot, just like Maleficent and Pete. And clearly there was that unresolved thing with the Pandora's box. You know, who knows how, what that's going to do. So exactly. Yeah, there, there's a lot there. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, movies, there's a lot of like, I can think of a lot of Disney CG films that I'd like to see. Zootopia, Coco, um, you know, oh, there's all kinds of CG films that have come out. But I think what has really been opened up now is the live action stuff. So I'm all in for Marvel stuff. I think Avengers hardcore into that. I'll get into more why later, <laughs> but hardcore into the idea of Avengers being in there. Uh, Star Wars, 100%. Been wanting Star Wars, just like you said, Juro, like ever since Disney acquired the Star Wars license, that is the, like, my first thought is, oh, Disney acquired the Star Wars license. My second thought is, how long until it's in Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> you know? That's yeah, our time going to be now. Yeah, so that's that's my uh, that's my thought process there. What about you, Churro? Like, what are your, like, ideal hopes for Disney worlds that are included in, uh, I mean, in Kingdom Hearts th- uh, 4? Since, since Kingdom Hearts 3, we all have noticed that Nomura is going for more current yeah, that's you true. Know, Disney worlds. So, you know, like you said, Coco, you got Moana. Uh, then, of course, you got the new uh, Turning Red. Yep, that's a, that's a possibility. And then, of course, now you got, you know, now that they were successful in recreating, like, a live-action sense so now you know we got star wars of course and then the possibility yep. of uh marvel mm-hmm. uh with the spider-man-esque yep fly, you know grappling hook that Sora acquired and then of course what not only that that, that yeah. opens up possibilities to even more live action films that just yeah. has besides you, marvel and star wars what do you think about the possibility of going to some of the live action remake worlds like the live action version of Aladdin or the live action version of Maleficent, those kind of worlds. Those, I mean, it'll be weird at first because it's like, you're really established, you know, the rich, you know, the original cartoon yeah, worlds, yeah. but like, it'll be really interesting to like the see Sora and the new Aladdin be like, Oh, Aladdin. Hey, what's up? And Aladdin's yeah. like, like, I don't like, he pulls the Thanos. Like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so now we got to reestablish that bond yeah. between Sorai and Aladdin again so it's like you know it's like I don't know personally I've never liked those kinds of films I don't know how uh, Nomura feels about it but I've never really liked those Disney films but I also have kind of a morbid curiosity of what that would be like so a part of me doesn't want it because I don't care about those versions of the films I don't think they add too much especially the Lion King one but the other part of me is like, I just wonder what it would be like. <laughs> so I, I might be okay with one of them being one of those. But mm, yeah, that, that's that, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah but, overall, but honestly, I should. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not Nomura, but like, I, like you said, I don't know how, you, how we feel, how Nomura feels about those live action Disney films. But honestly, in my opinion, I think they should just stay like out of Kingdom Hearts because. You know, especially the worlds that Sora's already been to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think those should just stay separate from the game and just, just say, hey, she, we've already been to Aladdin. We've been to, you know, 
and all that, so that should just stay kind of away from it. Yeah. I do have a slight tangent but related point about the live action films is that I think I, I, I'm I'm starting to think because of this, I, I'm starting to question how much live action will be involved. And my main reasoning is this, is that so the idea of Star Wars, I, I, I think, you know, I feel pretty confident about that, that I'm not so worried about. What I'm not so sure about with the idea of it potentially going more live action is so Star Wars is a really difficult license to get. And it's not just because it's Star Wars, but it's also because it stars a lot of really famous actors. And yeah, they've done it before with pirates. But if we really think more broadly, like if all of these worlds are live action and star all these famous actors, that's going to require a lot of licensing. Like so more recently, they've been doing, you know, like in Kingdom Hearts 3, they've done more recent movie picks. So if they're going for recent stuff and it's recent live action, these are recent actors. So I have a feeling, you know, these are going to be more relevant people. They're probably going to be really expensive. Like, I don't know what it was like, you know, licensing out for for Kingdom Hearts 3, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean world. But just the idea that, you know, this is going to be the issue for every world. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to go. You know, that's that's a whole nother can of worms that I didn't realize until just now is that you got to deal with people's faces could you imagine trying to get robert downey jr to be you know he i mean i mean they did a really good job with like jack sparrow Will yeah Jr. yeah Elizabeth and barbosa so i mean i think oh i they don't can nail robert downey jr's I, face i don't doubt <clears throat> their talent to do it and i actually think yeah they'll they'll absolutely do it i'm just think i'm just thinking uh licensing wise like uh, licensing, yeah. Like, like how much like they they demand compensation? For yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's I, a that's going to be tough. Monster altogether. Like I think that with well, considering it is Disney, you know, yeah. like they are allowing Square Enix to do this. I think I think that part will be handled by Disney. Yeah, for and sure. Since we all know Disney has unlimited resource, unlimited money, so it's like, yeah, they can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, if they can do it with pirates, then they can probably do it with with like Marvel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pirates for sure, that's a big test because that's, yeah, full of big A-list celebrities. You got Kira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, Johnny Depp, lots of considering, big considering actors. If, you, if you've been on the Pirates ride, you know, they started adding like Barbosa and yep. Jack Sparrow to it. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. There, there's still someone deep inside me saying like, there's no way you're going to get Will Smith, uh, Genie. There's no way you're going to get uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, or... Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, like there's, a, I mean, if if they get, let's just say, if they get an Avengers world, that's going to be a huge licensing fee. Like, let me just remind everybody, they put out a really expensive Avengers game without any of those faces on purpose. So trust me, if they could have gotten it for the Avengers game, they would have and they didn't. I'm not saying Kingdom Hearts won't, and Kingdom Hearts has actually proven that they can do that. I'm just like, man, if that's every, if every single world that they do is, is you know, or a large proportion of their worlds are live action, that's going to be really painful for every world to have to deal with that legal nightmare. But like we said, if any game can do it, if any team can do it, it's the Kingdom Hearts team. So I am, e- yeah, I mean- I'm eager to be surprised. That's one of the nice. That's one of the best things about the you know Kingdom Hearts is that 
you know, expect the unexpected, as they say. Yeah, that's true. Because they will, they will surprise us. Like uh, going into the hype with Kingdom Hearts two, like you know how they first introduced Pirates World in there, that was very surprising. And then they went to Tron, you know. So it's like you, they always like have uh, find a way to surprise its fans and what they want to it, worldwide want to deliver to us. You know, yeah. like, I understand. I think Nomura understands that. Yeah, some worlds have been appearing more often than others, but yeah. you know we got to start you know looking at a broader perspective when it comes to world selection. But at the same time, Disney does have their own pool in it too, considering what we got in Kingdom Hearts three. So it's like, yeah. you know, we can't forget about that. Obviously, yeah, that's true. And then, uh, sure, if you could take this, uh, the next of uh, Chris's questions. <laughs> okay, the the second one was: Do you think Kingdom Hearts four will be a good? A good jumping on point for new players. Do they rely on heavy Liam Pryor Kingdom Hearts knowledge? Um, I don't think. I mean, gameplay wise, will be friendly for new players, but yeah. lore wise, no. Yeah. Considering that this is the second arc, uh, and then and, and not only that, that this pulls from the previous games into this, it's not going to be very friendly to new players at all. And it's going to pull from Missing Link. Pull from Missing Link. Pull from Union Cross. Everything. Pull from Dark Road. You know, considering, you know, at the end of Melody Memory, we knew that Zaynar already, like, he knew that the, you know, unreality or fiction mm-hmm. existed. So it's like, and then, of course, you have, like, their Baron Rex stuff and Yuzora. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not going to be very friendly. Kingdom Hearts is not really one, the title to have, you know, a good starting point in, you know, with later titles. Yeah. So you're going to have to at least read up on or watch videos before you play this. It's just like yeah. the whole big old debacle when Kingdom Hearts 3 was released where you yeah. have all these big profile Twitch streamers be like, oh, you know, thank you. You know, they, they, they get a free copy of Kingdom Hearts 3, but yet they never played any of the previous games or they never played any of the slide stories. And they're yeah. like, well, I'm going to jump in. And then they all end up giving a bad score because it's like, you know, they never played anything else. So yeah. it's, like, it's going to be that all over again with this. But, you know, just to let everybody know that Kingdom Hearts is just not, that series where you can just jump in at any point. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, yeah, there's just so many games and it's very clear from the jump that everything about the plot is drawing from prior stuff. And the prior stuff is not simple and not easy to get all in one shot. You really do have to play everything to really get even like a basic grasp the only thing that I feel about Kingdom Hearts 4 that is more helpful, but I think will immediately end at this game and this game only, is I do feel that the very surface level premise of it is easy enough to understand. You know, you know, if you really think about it, it's just, okay, Sora, we, he's some kind of hero, he's disappeared from his world, and now he's in a new world. So I think the fact that he is kind of fish out of water situation will be helpful because you know Sora himself doesn't know very much about what's going on so a lot of people will be explaining things to him so I think the very basic aspect of the plot will be you know accessible because of that but anything beyond the fact that Sora is a fish out of water I think will be yeah completely confusing the idea that this is Tokyo and it's called Quadratum you know that's going to confuse people to no end and the second Donald and Goofy show up at some point, forget about it. If you haven't played Kingdom Hearts before, this is not going to ease you into that. Like, you know, we say it again and again, but 
Kingdom Hearts 1 has yet to be topped as being the proper entry point. Because if you think about it, everything that makes Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts is perfectly introduced. Yep. Everything about but- Sora, the Final Fantasy characters, Disney, they introduce it to you separately and then mix it together. Like, how better of a introduction could you get? Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be easy for new pl- new players. Yep, it's, I mean, that's the way Nomura wants it to be. Like, he yeah. didn't want to make it like Final Fantasy, where it's like a different game, different setting, different characters each title. Yeah. So, you know, he wanted to make it something that he could call his own. Yeah. You know? So that's what he chose to. So, you know, just like going off what you said, you know, like when people ask, you know, where's the best point to start Kingdom Hearts, you know, it usually comes down to two things, either release date or chronologically, story-wise. So, like, you would have to start with Union Cross. Yeah. They go through, you know, bits of Dark Road and then eventually make to make it to Birth by Sleep, then Kingdom Hearts 1. So it's like, it really depends, but normally a lot of, I see a lot of people say Kingdom Hearts 1 is the best place to start at. Yeah. I mean, just for the basic premise of what Kingdom Hearts even is, yeah, I think it's just, and on top of that, the story is a lot simpler. So, yeah, this really, it remains the case that uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 remake would be a pretty good idea at some point but uh yeah we'll see if that ever happens but yeah I, I don't i don't think this is a good jumping off point but this is yet again one of those things that i am very eager to be proven wrong on i want this to be a new jumping off point i, I think i said it before even when kingdom hearts 3 you know had just released that that's like one of my number one hopes for the series is whether it's kingdom hearts 4 or a kingdom hearts 1 remake i don't know what just some place that's a new starting point would be super nice. I think this is a great opportunity. The idea of it being a new arc, Sora's fish out of water, brand new world. He can go to any world. Like I, I think there's, you know, there's enough precedent in fiction, especially like the, a lot of the Marvel movies, you know, look, just look at a, you know, Dr. Strange. Um, and yeah, that's like kind of similar to the predicament of what Sora is in. So yeah, there, there's a possibility that it could be done well and uh, could be a good starting point, but yeah, it does it doesn't seem like it based on the trailer. And yeah, Churro, uh, do you want to take this uh, last question? And how how have the two of you been this last year? Um, I don't want to give out too much personal details, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I did suffer through some painful personal tragic events. Mm. Um. So right now my mood is like up and down. Unfortunately, like I, because of those events, I could not fully celebrate twenty year the twentieth anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel it, it feels weird to not be able you know to w- look for something for so long, and then something just happened to take away that happiness that you know you were looking for. So, but yeah. But the good news is that I am working through it. I am going through personal counseling to help me with it. Um, hopefully, you know, eventually I'll be able to have that happiness back again. You know, like, like you know, with the whole Kingdom March, you know, 20th event, the trailer. Yeah, that did make me excited. It made me hype up. But it's not that same feeling that I once had. 
yeah. you know, for this moment. It's not, like I said, you know, grieving is going to take, it takes time to yeah. grieve. It, it could take years yeah. before yeah. I accept it. And, you know, just know that, you know, I, I, I wrote this in a Twitter for those who follow me that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going away. I'm still going to be here for the community. I'm still going to do what I can for it. So it just, I just might be more on the quiet side, you yeah. know, tr- while trying to deal with my own personal reflection and, you know, reprieve and grieving. So, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm doing fine for the most part. Yeah. You know, it's just that, like I said, it's just going to take time for me to accept and move on. Yeah. That's the good thing about Kingdom Hearts is that, you know, it, it's always here. It, it, you know, we can live our lives and l- life comes at us how it comes at us. You know, we, we can never predict anything. And yeah, it, it is comforting, you know, relating it to Kingdom Hearts a little bit to know that, yeah, it's always there for us and we have our community and... Yeah, I think everybody's really supporting and helpful. And uh, yeah, I find a lot of really great camaraderie, you know, in the community and the games. And yeah, I know that, yeah, whatever you're going through, yeah, we'll always be here waiting for you when you're ready for us. And yeah, good news is Kingdom Hearts itself is going to take a lot of time. So yeah, so that's and when I finally made that tweet, uh, like I was welcomed with so much support from everybody, even from those who I've known for a long time to those who I just met to people who never really talked to me. Everyone just was so supportive and I am very grateful and I'm very thankful for all, for everyone who either, either responded to that tweet, DM me, emailed me, messaged me. You know, I'm very grateful for every one of you. I'm very, you know, happy to know that all of you have my back and, to if I ever need to talk or to vent or to just hang out, you know, in real life, I've had people who I've, you know, I see in real life and they all just welcome me to that. And I feel very happy. And at the same time, I feel very blessed for that. So with that, I just want to say again, thank you for all your comments, all your, you know, and some of you, and I know some of you told me some of your own personal stories. So, mm-hmm. you know, I thank you for, you guys coming forward with that as well. I know it's not easy to come forward, especially to a group of like strangers, quote unquote on the internet, you know, so it's not easy, but I thank you for being strong about it. And, you know, I, I love you guys, you know, so much, you know, like I wouldn't be who I am without you. So again, thank you guys so much for that overwhelming support. Mm. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that point of, yeah, I don't, I have no idea where i'd be who i'd be yeah without this amazing community and yeah i as cheesy as it might be i'll just echo uh, a wonderful uh sentiment from kingdom hearts itself you know it's in the deepest darkness that you can still find the light and i feel that is one of one of the things yeah kingdom hearts it may be as convoluted and crazy as it is hard to follow but i definitely feel like the message and the you know the things it's trying to say with the story are so simple and so true and so applicable to you know all of us and yeah yeah and yeah i don't like you know if you ever looked that convoluted part like you stated um kingdom arts in the end still has a good message and absolutely i think it's i think tomorrow did mention that too yeah on his and his message Comments. at the, uh, I think it was the message, was it the one at the, 
I think it was before the event started and there was that message by the statue, I think. Might have been that one. Yeah, I try to try to find it, but like there there was one miscellaneous comment he stated. He said that uh, let's see what it says. This is no more. No more. What, what Nomura wants to portray in Kingdom Hearts is that our, our our hearts are connected, and anyone can be the hero. That's a, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to. I don't know. I can't. I still can't find out. Where, yeah, what that translation translated up. Uh, Thing that he left at the event yeah while you're looking for that i i vaguely remember him saying something like you know he, he works on this series like so hard and it has you know at times left him an empty shell but the wonderful thing about you know kingdom hearts is that you know it's a story about how yeah our hearts are all connected and even those who are lost or even those who you know you know you can't connect with so easily you know we're all still connected and that's definitely like that's such a message that we hear in like so many uh, of the different kingdom hearts games like you know you remember in uh you know in kingdom hearts one even when you were in hollow bastion and they were talking about like yeah once you finally seal the final keyhole like that's going to be it like the worlds are going to be all cut off from each other and that's it but you know their hearts are still connected and yeah that that part of it I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what Amora was kind of alluding to with those kinds of comments. Okay, so I did find okay. a rough translation of it. Okay. It says, it says, Nomura says, when I look back on the past, I think back to the time I first started this project called Kingdom Hearts. I put everything I had into it, even to the point of becoming an empty shell whenever I finished working. I want everyone to be happy, after all. That's what I've been always trying to do. What is the story of the heart being told throughout the series? These stories of the heart told in my work are a reminder of those hearts that are no longer with us. Those hearts are always there, staying by your side. That's what I think. Thank you so much for the support over the past 20 years, and I look forward to everyone's support in the future. So that kind of does hit yeah. me with that, you know, the hearts that are always there by our sides. It's kind of like the whole um, Dumbledore, what he said to Harry. Yeah. You know, those that are gone are never truly gone, as long as we remember them. Yeah. Leave it to tomorrow. Always dropping bars. Yep, he's he's always not doing that. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I guess I'll talk as much as I can about what has been happening over the last year. It's a little hard for me due to, you know, the general nature of secrecy of my current Yeah, just in general, my my whole life feel, I feel like a CIA agent in a way. It's like I have uh yeah, I'm I'm doing stuff that yeah, I just can't talk about so much yet but i'll try to yeah paint at least a little bit of a picture yeah uh so i started working you know at my current studio in august of last year and yeah at first yeah things were pretty hard going from you know i i had worked really hard to build up my skill as a 3d artist so that i could be you know hired as a professional 3d character artist at any studio so i worked really really hard on my you know my hard skills of being a character artist but yeah definitely something that i have been learning uh and and learned a lot especially when i first started was the more practical nature of being a character artist you know when you when you're learning something more theoretical and from the outside you definitely see it from a more like ideal way of working and now that I'm, yeah, in the industry and doing things proper uh, or doing things in the industry, you know, what is proper and what is ideal is not always how things can work, you know, especially, you know, I'm, I'm an, 
uh, my studio works as an outsourcing outsourcing studio, a support studio for lots of big companies on lots of big projects and being, you know, the nature of being outsourced is, you know, they want to get as much as they can for as little as they can, as quick as they can. And yeah, when you have to work fast and there are deadlines, like you have to find ways to save time in certain areas, you know, cut corners at this step so you can work harder at this more important step, you know, learning what to prioritize and what to, you know, try to, you know, just make it work. You know, there's, uh, yeah, I've done a lot of that kind of learning. Uh, in terms of the projects that I've worked on, that's where things get, uh, I have to walk on eggshells here. But I will say, overall, I love the projects that I've gotten to work on. I've gotten to do things for games of all different kinds of budgets, very different styles and stuff that, you know, I would never imagine, you know, doing on my own. So, it was, yeah, really great experiences. And then, yeah, just, Overall, I, I've gotten to do so much, and I'm so grateful for all that I'm doing. Um, it, it does <laughs> cause me to be quite busy, so I, I apologize for not being as uh, uh, on Twitter and social media as much as I, I really want to be. But uh, just know, Brandon is doing amazing things, and uh, I'm going to keep working hard. And I guess to tie this slightly into Kingdom Hearts, I'll just say that um, with, uh, by the way, I have not worked on anything Kingdom Hearts related, (laughs) to be very clear. So, um, but I do want to say that uh, when I was just first starting out on this journey to become a professional 3D character artist, uh, it was in 2019 and I had just seen the Kingdom Hearts secret movies and seen that they were going in like a really realistic direction. Uh, that's what inspired me to do the really big project that I have in my portfolio of Captain America. I did that thinking that, okay, if they're going to go for realistic concepts, maybe one day Marvel slash Avengers would be possible. I got to put something in there that's going to look good if I you know, ever stand a chance at working on uh, a Kingdom Hearts one day. So who knows if that'll ever happen. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up where we're at. So now, moving on to our famous music segment. What? Yeah, Blast from the Past. You know, there was a time in a podcast many moons ago that we said we would never uh, <laughs> do a music segment after a certain point. But hey, look at us now. We never missed a... I don't think we missed any episodes. Maybe we did. But hey, on this one, we have music. <laughs> so on this one, we have music, and I think it's a great one. And it is uh, music from Final World. Apparently, this song has a name now. It's called Stranded Beyond. I don't know about you, Churro, but for me, since the Kingdom Hearts 3 soundtrack took so long to, like, finally release, like, I have such little connection to the title of the song and the actual song. I don't know about you, but yeah, at least for me. Yeah, I was like, wow, Stranded Beyond. Okay, that's the name. Uh, yeah, the reason I chose this one is, yeah, I think just generally Final World has a lot of relation to where the series is now, and it's got a lot of, uh, yeah, got a lot of feels. It's one of my favorite songs from Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, this particular track is covered by Joanne Moon on YouTube. She did a cover of this on Harp. It's actually a duet cover, but she did both of the harps. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it and definitely check her out on YouTube. All right, Gerald, it is that time again. 
Oh man, this it's been like what? Uh eight months? Yeah, a long months time. Since we did something like this. And this is a really big podcast, but I hope you guys can enjoy this as yeah, think of this as our DLC episode. Kingdom <laughs> we should call this Kingdom Hearts Union Remind. <laughs> That's what this is there like. There you go. Oh man. Yeah, remember Kingdom Hearts Union? Those old guys? Yeah, those two guys, those two. Yeah. They're still doing it. They're the voices all um, their voices are older now. They they forget their lines and yep, <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, uh, just you know, thank you guys for everything. Um, without you, we wouldn't have gotten to do all the things we've been able to do over the years. We definitely appreciate all the support you've given us over the years. You know, I, I some parts of me still wish that you know we could still do this but yeah uh you know you, you you know you can check the the actual final episode from back then to find out all the reasons why you know we can't just keep doing it anymore but yeah while we haven't been able to do it just know that you know we do miss doing this and it was definitely not an easy decision and just as proof of how much we did love uh what this podcast was that's why we did this particular episode so thank you so much for all the support. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Like I said, it was we we've I've been asked numerous times since we stopped doing this if we were going to do a one-off if Kingdom Hearts Four was ever announced. And, yeah. Well, long here we old, are. Here we are. So because of that, you know, we I you know the both of us do thank you so much for inquiring about that because you know it's not easy to take a time out from our already busy schedules to do something like this. You know. Yeah. You know, main reasons why we had to stop doing it as much as we love doing it. It's just that, you know, this is what happens when time goes on, you grow up, and, you know, it's not easy anymore. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, just as always, I'm sure everybody who's able and still listening to this podcast is already following us on Twitter. But just to be sure, if you want to keep up with us, you know, into the future and see where our crazy adventures of life lead us. Uh, definitely please follow us on Twitter. Uh, for me, I'm at underscore Brandon underscore. So that's underscore uh, at underscore B-R-A-N-D-E-N underscore. You can follow me there. I haven't been tweeting very much. And yeah, that is my conundrum. But yeah, if you ever tweet at me or DM me or follow me or whatever, um, I, I will definitely respond to any messages. It's just hard for me personally to put stuff out there. But if you contact me, I will definitely say something back most of the time. Well, so. maybe maybe post some like Tokyo photos or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I really should do that more. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is like once you live in a certain place for a while, you just get, get so used to it. But yeah, maybe maybe there'll be some interesting stuff to post. I'm sure I have even stuff that's a little older that I could post that might be interesting to some people. And Churro, mm-hmm. shout out your Twitter. My Twitter is at Churro, which is. It's true with the Z, so that's C H U R R O Z. Um, I tweeted a bit here and there during the Kingdom Hearts event. So, like I said, I'll still be around posting Kingdom Hearts news or merchandise that I come across. Um, and then I'll probably tweet out some things here and there about you know what's going on with my my life. But like I said, I've kind of calmed down the social media ness ever since you know what's been going on in my personal life. So, but I do answer DMs as often as I can. Uh, so, you know, don't think that I've gone away. No, it's just me kind of taking a time out here yeah. and there when I need to. 
All right, so it is that time again, Churro. It is goodbye time, so let's say goodbye. All right, bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this, uh, you know, special one-off about the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4. Hope you guys enjoyed us bringing back what we, you know, enjoy so much about the series and what our hopes are for the future. So, you know, it, this was fun, you know. And Brandon, I got to thank you for messaging me because I knew it was... Because, you know, obviously it was short notice because of what happened, but... But, you know, I did have fun doing this, so thank you. Uh, thanks. Always a blast. And, yeah, I, you know, I think it was very clear through this podcast. But, yeah, we are hyped as all heck for Kingdom Hearts 4. Can't wait for more news. Oh, I guess we forgot to say, don't expect more news from Kingdom Hearts 4 for a while. It won't be at E3. I don't, well, there's they're not even going to be an E3. But don't expect anything even around e3 time uh we don't e- i guess we don't even know if there's going to be anything this year right uh there's d23 in september okay. and and uh according to my own memories of it i've i've attended all but one d23 which is 2019 because um i don't know why i forgot but um but ever since then there there in, in some shape or form there has been kingdom hearts in 2013 there was the 1.5 demo yeah uh, 2015 was the announcement of big hero 6 world yeah as well as uh, them appearing in uh, disney infinity yeah 2017 was the toy story world reveal yep and then 2019 there wasn't there was really no announcements but sora did make a minor cameo in the program of d23 right yeah yeah i remember that and that was it so basically and then, of course, there was no DT3 last year because it was postponed to this year. Okay. So hopefully they continue that trend and yeah. hopefully give us something at D23 this year. But I do have my tickets for D23 because okay. I actually love nice. going. It's actually a really nice convention. If you guys haven't gone, I would recommend it. Yeah. I will just say, you know, we are at the point in uh, yeah this new Kingdom Hearts era of marketing that they have yeah very strategically built up some nice barriers for kingdom hearts news not le- not going into kingdom hearts 4 territory namely missing link and dark roads finale so uh expect most marketing around kingdom hearts to be oriented around well at first it's going to be dark road until you know, that's going to end but then it's going to be more heavy missing link stuff uh, just because that's going to be more present and, you know, constantly being updated and, you know, it's eventually going to have to have a, an official release. So, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot more to say about Missing Link more so than Kingdom Hearts 4. But, yeah, hey, maybe, Churro, maybe we'll be lucky, you know, because even in 2013 at D23, we had a, at least a short video uh, from Kingdom Hearts 3, so... Yeah, that there's a chance we can even, we could even get like a like a message from Nomura, yeah, an update or something from him. So I mean, it doesn't have to be a full like four minute trailer or seven yeah. minute trailer. It could be something as quick as as like a you know thirty second trailer. Um, you have to remember in 2014 E3 we we had that you know oh yeah the that, sketch one that trailer <laughs> the sketch one. So like it could yeah. be something like that. You know, it, you know to us as fans, you know anything we get is acceptable. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, steal yourselves for waiting. But yeah, expect a lot of waiting. All right, so I think that uh, I think that wraps it up. Oh yeah, and my stance is: if you want more Kingdom Hearts story, you better play Kingdom Hearts Missing Link. Don't come whining to us when it's Kingdom yes, Hearts Four don't. time and you don't know what a Strelitzia is or what a Brain is or what a Darkness is. If you're coming to us then and you're crying about, I don't know what any of this is. Just remember, Grandpa Churro and Grandpa Brandon told you, you better Blake Missing Link. 
It's called Missing Link on, pers- on purpose because it's going to be missing from Kingdom Hearts 4 and you're going to need it. All right. Yep. So that that was our last little PSA. All right. For real. Goodbye. 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 Bye, guys. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a Kingdom Hearts Union production.